everybody welcome to the about last night podcast my name is adam ray thank you so much for listening happy fourth of july america man what a great country huh a country that gave us the super soaker danny glover <laughs> apples to apples <laughs> yankee doodle candles the 69 position celine dion water balloons Robin Williams, uh, 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 Silly Putty, Coffee. It's the greatest country on earth. Happy birthday, America. God bless the USA. I hope that's not the last time I say that, because if Trump wins, I'll say, fuck the USA. And fuck everybody who voted for that piece of shit <laughs> and, and uh, made America not great again. But it's not going to happen. All right, Hillary's going to win. She's got to. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you're having a great day off today. A great 4th of July. Probably lots of BBQing going on. You really can't beat a barbecue. You know, the smell, the pool, the the weather. Hopefully you got all those factors lined up and uh, some good company. That really makes a good barbecue. You know, the food is always going to be great. Um, unless you got that one guy that just is like, I'll take the grill. I know how to grill. It's, you know, no, it's, I, I barbecue, man. I barbecue. And then, like, everything's burnt. He puts potato salad on a bun and puts it down for some reason. He's like, it's like a new thing. It's like a bun. It's like a potato salad burger. You're like, that's not a thing, man. Um, so I hope you had a, uh, a great uh, barbecue or you're about to have a great barbecue. Either way. Either way, enjoy this day. Take a day off. All right. People work hard. And uh, this day should be a celebratory, fun-filled uh, afternoon, evening. Who knows? Some people might take it into the uh, the wee hours of Tuesday and, and make make work on Tuesday uh, an ordeal. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, by the way. A lot of great reviews on the last few episodes. Uh, your iTunes reviews, your five-star comments. Thank you so much for those. If you guys haven't done so yet, go to iTunes right now where you listen to the intro. Uh, type in About Last Night. Click on the fifth star. And then uh, write a little comment about how you uh, you dig the pod. Helps us climb the charts. And, uh, and all your emails and tweets, appreciate all the love. Um, so many great episodes coming up. Paul Feig next week from Ghostbusters, working on some other Ghostbusters cast members. Um, of course, Kevin Eastman, the co-creator of the Ninja Turtles. That episode drops Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed so that you can get all this great content and hear these uh, amazing conversations. Today's episode, holy shit, his first podcast ever, which is hard to believe because he's been in the comedy game for a while and crushing it. Uh, started working at Funny or Die, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's, uh, of course, video comedy site that uh, that started and, and, you know, really very guerrilla style and became one of the biggest things uh, on the planet. Um, he was there from the inception, uh, then directed commercials, got a job at SNL directing digital shorts for The Lonely Island, um, got a few movie offers. And uh, did uh, Seven Days in Hell with Andy Samberg, the HBO special. 
And now he's directing his first comedy blockbuster studio film that comes out July 8th. Mike and Dave need wedding dates with our boy Adam Devine, Zach Efron, Anna Kendrick, and Aubrey Plaza. The director, who I'm talking about, is the one and only Jake Zemanski, baby. Jake Zemanski crushing it, man. Brad and I got to see a screening of Mike and Dave need wedding dates at UCLA. Adam and uh, Anna Kendrick were doing some college tours. I will go on record as saying it's one of the best comedies I've seen in a long time. And you're probably like, oh, you're biased. Adam's your boy. Um, you know, I knew he was going to be great. Okay? That's just because he's hilarious and everything. So that was not uh, a, um, a concern. The movie is so good. There are so many laugh-out-loud moments. The story is good. The acting is great. The relationships, the chemistry with Adam and Zach is, is off the charts. And it's all the stuff you want in a comedy. You want to laugh and enjoy it and, uh, and have a little bit of heart. And they crushed it, man. Uh, I think Jake's going to be making a lot more movies after this. July 8th, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Theaters everywhere. Go see it. I cannot recommend it uh, enough. Um, we talked about so much stuff in this episode. It's, it's quite a comedy, I mean, insight into so many aspects of comedy. I mean, directing at Funny or Die, getting that job, you know, how that site came to be, directing... Co-directing with Ron Howard that um, SNL president sketch that Funny or Die did when they really got going uh, was incredible. Um, he just has amazing insight into comedy, uh, grew up in Milwaukee. Um, how he got his start is incredible. And, you know, just a guy that's done it all and still is just like now feeling like it's all coming together. And with his first big movie... It's crazy. It's crazy to hear how he started and where he is, uh, where he's at now. And uh, I met Jake at Funny or Die a long time ago when I was uh, getting videos featured there. And uh, it's crazy to see where he's at. Uh, he's a solid dude. Crushed his first podcast. Uh, he'll be back for sure. Uh, so enjoy the hell out of this interview because we love to have him on. Uh, having him on. Uh, follow Jake on Twitter at Jake Zamansky. You spell that S Z Y M A N S K I. Um, Oh, wait, no, that's how you spell his name, but his Twitter handle is S-Z-Y-Jake. There you go. All right, you shortened it. Um, so follow Jake on Twitter at S-Z-Y-Jake. Hit him up, let him know how much you love the podcast, and Mike and Dave need wedding dates coming out July 8th. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad. Follow the podcast at ALN Podcast. Follow uh, me on Instagram at Adam Ray 33 Follow Brad Brad Williams Comic, ALN Podcast on Instagram as well. And, uh, of course, get all your merch at stoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com. Hats, shirts, mugs. Those E.T. mugs and posters are coming. I just got off the phone with our guy. Next week they'll be up. So uh, check stoymerchandise.com next week to get your posters and mugs. Uh, and come see us live. Of course, I'm in town all summer. Check my uh, calendar, adamraytv.com, for all my in-town tour dates, Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, Improv, Ice House, Ha Ha. Uh, I'm here all summer doing Mad TV, baby. We start shooting this week, and then we premiere July 26th on the CW, 9 p.m. Tuesday night. Set that DVR! So pumped. We uh, had another table read for the network on Friday, and it was, it was so great, man. I'm so pumped. It's going to be great. So July 26th, 9 p.m. CW. Set your DVRs, and uh, come see me live in town. AdamRayTV.com for all the tour dates. Uh, <laughs> tour, di- tour dates. I got Australian on that one. Check my tour dates. Brian Williams, comedy.com for all his tour dates. Brad will be uh, July 14th to the uh, 17th in Columbus, Ohio at the Funny Bone. Go see him there. And then, uh, of course, Brad will be in Montreal at the uh, Comedy Festival up in Montreal July 20th through through the 30th. Brad's there for a while, crushing it. He got a whole write-up on him uh, 
out there too. He's he's gonna have a great festival and hopefully uh, corral us some amazing guests. A lot of big acts out there. Uh, of course, July fifteenth, Ghostbusters comes out. After you see Mike and Dave, need wedding dates July eighth. Go see Ghostbusters July fifteenth. Support the arts, and I think that's it. Now that we got the tour dates out of the way, that's the merch info. Those are the Twitter handles. That's the Mad TV info. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only comedy director extraordinaire. Jake Zemanski. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. Got a midget and a Jew, so why don't you sit down and listen to a dope podcast during lunch, dinner, or breakfast. Brad Williams and Adam Ray are here for you any time of the day. So come on and treat yourself right. It's about last night. Wait, no, maybe I did a UCB one. God like damn it. I, started, but I don't even know if that was a podcast. No, like some of them no, no, it was not. Keep the illusion. <laughs> is this uh, for it, me? It's yours, baby. That is your and water. There's more where that came from. Is this, do you call this a toaster? It's actually what it's called. Wow, good for you. You might be the f- the first. You're the only person who's ever gotten the joke. Like everyone's like, "Oh, these are coasters." And, and you know what? It's because I just someone literally 20 minutes ago said a pun to me, and I've been in a pun brain. <laughs> You've got a pun brain. It. Well, it's a toast shaped coaster. Yeah, got to be a toaster. Yeah, you would you would have been great at the game Classic Concentration. Remember that Trebek hosted oh, back in the day? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. where it was that, like they, they would reveal like a piece. Like an eyeball, and then like a cat, oh, and yeah, you had to yeah, put the yeah, po- yeah, you had to like yeah. put it together. It was like I love that sea stuff. cat. I really did. You know, yeah. Oh, we did those games in school where it'd just be like images of things. Yeah. Try to like figure it out. Yeah, I like that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not bringing that back. They're bringing back um, match game. Match game is with back, Baldwin. Right? Um, Should I put this on? Yeah, baby. Yeah. If if if, if, if you want to hear how silky your voice is, oh boy, then uh, absolutely put those headphones on. How do you sound? You can pull that mic as close as you want. Oh wow! Ooh. Oh, I hear what Ooh. we're talking about. Yeah, here. see, higher, lower. You good? How's that uh, level? No, that's that's pretty good. Good, that's, right? Uh, pretty good. <laughs> like, this is, this I love like, how you instantly got into radio voice. <laughs> like, it's like acting into a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. At first, you was your regular speaking voice, and now you're like, and John has a dedication on Coast one hundred three point five. Brings back my wedding DJ days. We really got Whoa, to put on what? that mic voice. Yeah. Wait, were to... you? Oh yeah. Oh. Did you have a DJ name? Because I because I was a junior high DJ. Oh really? Junior high dances. Wait, wait. And he guessed the toast coaster. Let's see yeah. if he can guess the, guess the dwarf DJ name. Wait, that that game that game show should happen. <laughs> guess the <laughs> get guess on the it. Dwarf DJ name. Wayne Brady, where are you? Yeah. Oh my God. So it's a dwarf based DJ. It's a dwarf based <laughs> DJ name. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, uh, DJ Smalls. I don't know. I Mickey mean, Smalls? not too far off. It <laughs> yeah. was uh, DJ Fourfoot. Uh, <laughs> DJ Fourfoot was my DJ name when I DJed at uh, the illustrious Parks Junior High. <laughs> That's fantastic. I yeah. was a junior high DJ, which was really weird because the kids would be like, "This was right about when like Fifty Cent into Club was the big hit." And uh, that's all they wanted to hear. And then I would play it. And then I would watch uh, junior high kids uh, dance really sexually with each other. And oh, yeah. I was not a fan. I was like, ah, this is weird. Oh, but I'm really weird. I'm causing this. Like, this is, oh, <laughs> you almost I to- did this. Yeah. And then I'm like, you know what? We're going to play something else. On the wings of love. And yeah, nobody can like, grind to that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. A lot of babies named DJ Fourfoot this year. <laughs> 
<laughs> Number one baby name. Uh, overthrowing Aiden is DJ Fourfoot. It's so funny how like the music that you like. I was just talking about this on stage the other night. How like Casey and JoJo, like for people who oh who were in like seventh eighth grade when that song came out. Like that for girls, that might be for a lot of them the first time they felt a real dick on their leg. <laughs> you know, a real that, dick. like when you hear that song, like it makes me think of applying the dick. So like, who knows what song you tie to like receiving it? <laughs> Just because that moment is so. That's a big. You know, you don't forget that. Oh, it's a big moment. It's a big moment. Those real thin pants you had to dress up in. <laughs> you're like, I've never worn pants this thin. When it's like a dress up dance. Oh god, you're boy. like my. Penis is doing all kinds of things. I didn't know. It could, I didn't no know it had control. this much movement. No dick control. No, none. Back. <laughs> and you can't stop a high school boy's erection. You can't. Oh, like nothing can stop it. Not the seventy-eight-year-old math teacher. She no, can't stop absolutely it. Absolutely not. Because <laughs> yeah, you would think that even yeah. that, like just a grotesque, like saggy booby, yeah, teacher no. teaching you a subject you don't care about. All those factors should contribute to no boner. Oh, no, you can have, like, a fat man in suspenders teaching economics in high school, and you're like, fuck, I'm going to jerk off to that. <laughs> why, why did my dick wake up? High school is crazy. High school is crazy, uh, man. <laughs> well, how do you even get into the wedding DJ world? Are you a big... Did well, you want to be a DJ no, actually, bought mitzvahs, and you got called up to the big leagues, or... No, I... Is uh, so like, a DJ minor league system? My cousin, who was cooler than me, yeah. like, he went, he went to a cooler high school than me, too. And uh, they just had like their little pin board in the hallway, and he saw an ad like, "Hire, you know, can you drive? We'll hire you to be a wedding DJ." And then he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to be a DJ." And I was like, "What? Well, that sounds awesome. What do you mean you're going to be a DJ?" He's like, "This company's hiring DJs." And he was like a wedding DJ for like two or three months, and I was like, "Well, I'm in. I'm signing up." Mm -hmm. And so then I was, and we, and it was like a, it was like a weekend gig you could get. Like right when you turn sixteen, as long as you could drive. Yeah. By the way, I love that that the skill required to do it has nothing to do with the actual job. No, not Can at you all. drive? It's Can like you get to the job for a chef. Do you know calligraphy? You know, <laughs> it's exactly what it was. And by the way, it's bad on so many levels because one, you're driving home from these parties at three in the morning yep. when you're sixteen years old and you just got your license, which is like very like you're not an Scary. experienced driver. Nope. Yeah, yet. that was like, my. You don't know your limits. That was my first car accident. Was coming home from a DJ gig. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and I definitely nodded off at one point. And yep. It's like, oh, fuck, this is, like, dangerous. Yeah. Um, and then I knew so little. See, they would send us out, and it would always be an MC and a DJ. And the MC was really in charge, technically. Okay. Yeah. And the DJ would, like, grab the music. And I remember my first gig being, you know, at a wedding in a reception hall in some hotel. And the MC being a guy who had been at the company a while. And he's, you know, it's going fine. He's like, this is where you plug this in. This is where CD1 goes. CD2 goes here. This is how we mix them. You know, it was all CD. You know, we had a big mm -hmm. trunk of CDs. Yeah. And then he was like, all right, man, listen, uh... Uh, let's play uh, da, 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 these eight songs. Play these eight songs next. I'm gonna like go find a drink. I'll be back. And I was like, all right, cool. And like for me, that was like a very technical job. Like, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. This one next. All right. Looking up this one next. All right. Playing this song. All of a sudden, started to get to like song six. Didn't see where he was. Song seven. He wasn't back. Song eight. And I'm like, oh shit. I gotta pick a song to put on. And I remember being like, on the wings of love. <laughs> that would have been better. I remember being like, what do I play? Oh, there was a slow dance playing. It's a wedding. I should play another slow song. I don't know slow songs because it was also like not necessarily like contemporary. Yeah. Shit. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being like, oh, oh, oh God, who sings like music? Like people are in love to this music. And I was just like, oh, there's a song by Stevie Wonder called, uh, 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 God, what's this fucking, oh, now I, this is a horrible song. Once in my life? Or no, no, no. It's like a isn't very. is she lovely? Nope. It's a worse song than that. It has Sunshine of my life. It has a title. Okay. This is a horrible story now. That's basically <laughs> like, 
Um, something about I love you. It's very Has Stevie simple. Wonder cock-blocked um, your story? Oh God, now this is a horrible story. <laughs> but the point is, yeah. you put on a song that, like, if you were, like, maybe the title of the song is, like, enough of a song. Yes. Um, and I actually put it on, and then, like, everyone, like, it's a lot of instrumentals. I remember being, oh, like, it wasn't I Steve- just called to say I love you? I, yeah, that's exactly Great. what there it was. There you go. And Brad saves the story. <laughs> and I'm sure it was in some fucking 90s comedy movie that I'd seen recently. And I was like, oh, I just called to say I love you. I had never actually, like, really listened to the song. Put it on. It's Stevie, like, I just called to say yep. I love you. And then it's just like, it's just like a bunch of like music with not a lot of singing. Yeah. And I remember seeing the MC who I hadn't seen in like 40 minutes at this point, like pop his head back in from a bar. I think he was just like getting drunk in the room next door. Yeah, of course. Like look at me and dash across the floor. It's like everyone's leaving the dance floor. He's like, whoa, whoa, man, what the hell did you put? <laughs> All right, turn it down. So See, we can... It's not a cool song to like get down to so on the dance put, floor. So you're putting I, the... This is exactly what I put on. And he pops his head in. And he pops his head in, and people are leaving the dance floor. Like There's like three people left on the dance floor now. Because you don't want to fast dance to this. You don't want to slow dance to this. <laughs> no, you just It's there. horrible, actually. It's just there. I picked it on the title. I just called to say, I love you. He comes back, and he's like, no, 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 man. What the fuck are you doing? He like flips open the CD. Trying... It was actually like very impressive. He's like, pick. Pop, like pop the CD in, mixed it out immediately, mm-hmm. put it on a song like an upbeat song that was put on. We are family, yeah, yeah. Exactly. celebration. People yeah. start walking back out to the dance floor. It was like crisis averted. It was like the Austin Armageddon. Like you're making an adjustment <laughs> at the last second. He like gets some song in there, and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I was like, I'm getting fired. I'm so sorry. He's like, no, 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 man. Listen, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Listen, I was like you once. <laughs> I was like, you once, you show up, you think like Stevie Wonder's cool, man, I'm going to play some cool shit. He's like, let me tell you something. We shouldn't even have that song on CDs. Never play I Just Called to Say I Love You at a Wedding. And I was like, got it. Like, didn't know. And as a DJ, I found out there were rules like that. There were songs you never played, songs you should play, songs that like we have here, trust me. You never play Marilyn Manson for the father-daughter dance. (laughs) Never do it. (laughs) The beautiful people, the beautiful people. I love you, Dad. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was, I was like, oh man, I DJ rules. Music. Yeah, I was gonna say like there are like, and those rules, I guess, or um, tricks of the trade, just come from, I guess, people who have just DJed a while and they just pass down that. Yeah, and then like they start to like, I mean, this is you're just fading one CD into yeah. another, and they start to be sure. like, listen, man, if you do Cotton Eye Joe into <laughs> Three Non Blondes, what's going on? Like they start to give you the tips on the like what These songs, songs go really into each w- other. Re- yeah, re- really go well. You know what though? There probably yeah. is a sign to that because I'm you. Sure. You don't notice it. When you're at a wedding and you kind of like you go for there's like three upbeat songs in a row of like a Bruno Mars song into a fucking mm. you know uh, uh, another Bruno Mars song <laughs> and watching uh, the gears turn. And, and, <laughs> into a you know SWV I get so weak in the knees <laughs> yeah. into color me bad whatever it is but you're it's like all planned and then and then you feel it come and then you in that third song you're dancing and you're like when you finish you're like all right I'm gonna go sit down and then. Fucking a boys to men end of the road comes on. You're like, or I'll slow dance, oh, yeah, because that's what the DJ mm-hmm. told we'll me to do. Take a break when you sit down. Take a break on the dance floor. Yeah, that's take the key. <laughs> oh man, slow it down with your lady. I mean, that's a DJ I mean, bumper that's your, that's your job is to keep the dance yeah. floor packed. And then, I mean, you guys, by the way. Compliments on you have very good like radio DJ voices. Oh, uh, thanks. I that, mean, now we're each gonna step up our DJ radio yeah. voice, and because that was you. another thing as like a kid, you had to learn is like you like oh, I don't know, I'm gonna play Stevie Wonder, but you, you got to learn to be like, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for the first time as husband and wife, uh, yeah. you know, like you wow. put that thing on and you're like learn trying to trying to do a fake adult voice. Had you had sure. any performing background up until that point, like uh, to where you were comfortable on the mic at all? Yeah, 
a little bit. I mean, it was so different. Like, I feel like I'd maybe done some like comedy sports by then, and like comedy sports. Try to do that, yeah. I'm, Holy I'm, crap, yeah, man! I I did comedy sports. Oh, nice. Where I was, I, at Sunny Hills High School? I was the I was actually the manager of our team. Really? Yeah. Uh, did you have, did you have comedy sports? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was Seattle, yeah. short form improv. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, that was where I actually uh, in a, in a comedy sports scene game, which for those who don't know is kind of like a lot like whose lines anyway, yeah. like those kinds of games. Uh, I actually made my mom uh, pass out in the audience one time. How? Because Uh-oh. there was a game. Uh, Do you ever play Ford Reverse? Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Ford Ford Reverse is the game where you're improving a scene, and then at some point, uh, the referee yells out Reverse, and you have to do whatever you just did. Backwards, not speaking backwards, but actions, and that you know you have to walk backwards or just play the scene backwards. So, uh, because we knew the game, it, there's certain tricks of it, like you do huge physical things, and that causes it to be funny when right. you do it in, in in reverse. My buddy Ozzy was on my team with me. Adam, you've met Ozzy, yep. and he, him and I were both big pro wrestling fans. We even kind of practiced it, and we were in this four reverse scene. And uh, the scene was I had a bad haircut, and he had to, like, for some odd reason, he yells out, well, we got to squash this haircut. I'm like, oh, oh say yes. Okay, oh, sure, we got to squash the haircut. Ozzy picks me up and gives me a tombstone pile driver on the stage. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, like. Yes, and. Yeah, and then I, like, he. Reverse. He did it to where. <laughs> Forward. He knew how to, like, pop me up and make it look like I just, like. Like hit the ground so hard, I didn't, and then like he he, he would pop me up, and then I would land and land lifeless oh my God. on the stage, and then I remember the referee just looking down and he said and he said these words, he goes, "God help me, reverse," <laughs> <laughs> like he, like it's Morgan Freeman giving the order to drop an atom bomb. He's like, "God help me, reverse," and yeah, and then I like flip my legs back up. Ozzy caught me. Got me again, and then jumped and gave me another pile driver. At that point, from the audience, you just hear a, ah! and we were like, "Wait, what was that?" And then someone yells out, "Brad, your mom just fainted." <laughs> she for real she thought you for were for real fainted because she thought I I had died. She thought she oh had just witnessed God. her son. <laughs> that like goes down in, in the a freakish of comedy sports history. <laughs> right, got to be one of the most famous stories of all time. It's got to. Oh yeah, 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 I, 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 absolutely. Like, and my mom just thought, like, wow. Out of all the ways, like, it's it, it's absolutely horrible to think of uh, witnessing your kid dying, but yeah. uh, during a freak accident of a of a comedy sports sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy sports is too is like the most innocent, like non-offensive. Like you can't yeah. get dirty there. Yeah, yeah. And for that to end up happening there is fantastic. So did you have like like we had like a high school league where I grew up? Like yeah, comedy sports. Is that yep. what you were we doing? had a high school yeah. league where we played other we, high schools. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we're, we're El Dorado. I'm talking shit about you, man. Yikes. You guys were our main rivals. All right. Well, not comedy <laughs> sports rivalries run deep. <laughs> we never let them go. <laughs> Wait, so you grew up where? Uh, Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee, nice. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is actually. Actually, I think, at least the legend goes, why comic sports was very popular there, and I think it was started there. Yeah, Robin Yount actually started it. Oh, fucking love Robin Yount. I love Robin Yount. Robin Yount lived in my neighborhood growing up. Oh, my God. And I never saw him. <laughs> but Now you guys are having comedy boners. We ride, now, we talked we about like teenage boners. The These are comedy because boners. They actually, like, he lived in, like, Arizona for most of the year and right. only lived in Milwaukee during, during the, the season. Yeah. Uh, and then spring training, everything was down in Arizona. And he lived, like, th- two or three blocks away from my house as a kid. And we all the neighborhood kids would drive our bikes past. Right oh, dude, he was not only a, I mean, I'm sure a god in Milwaukee, but, like, a baseball 
superstar. So it's like, and his look, I mean, I would be willing to guess that him and Wade Boggs got fucked up like, even in different cities and just talk to each other over the phone and was like, how many beers can you drink tonight? Oh, sure. Oh, I mean, sure. And by the way, like, one of the last, like, I feel like he was in the last group of, like, hug baseball, that sucker as much as you can. baseball yeah, superstars before they started getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. When it really was just, like, we travel. Yeah. We get, we play ball. We love to play ball. Dude, look at that. He looks Killer like. stash. Looks wow. like Owen Wilson and Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. He rode his Harley around County Stadium. Of course he around, did. Around he, it when like, he celebrated the pennant win. Oh, if great. Will Ferrell played a 1970s baseball player. Dude, he really should. He would be Robin Yount. God, I wish Robin Yount had like crazier antics. Maybe I know. there are. We should like find them out and make the oh, Robin Yount. Dig. Oh, should we dig for Yount? I've got that rookie card sitting in my childhood bedroom. I've got my Griffey one still. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, that was my Robin Yount. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, that's the name of the Griffey biopic. Uh, that my was my Robin, Robin Yount. Yount. <laughs> and everyone's like, who the fuck is Robin Yount? Uh, but so, okay, so growing up in Milwaukee, you, you love what? You love sports? You love comedy? Sports, love comedy. I miss snow out here in L.A. Dude, I'll just so hard. It, man. Really? Um, sure. I mean, I'm why, sure if why, I had to go back you miss now. It? I just miss seasons. I miss the idea oh, that like you're weather that dick. can change. No, I, I am. No, I'm that it, dick too. And by the way, the, you know, it's kind of like it, the only thing, you know, four months of winter there, and it gets real dark real early. But and it also it doesn't snow that much anymore because of global warming or whatever you're gonna call it. Like, mm-hmm. like it, I remember it used to snow by my birthday, by Thanksgiving every year growing up. There'd be snow on the ground. Like that hasn't happened in like ten years now. Oh, I know, but. Dude. When I was a kid growing up, you'd have these snowy nights where it's actually so bright outside when the moon shines on the snow because it's a giant reflector. And, like, it's fun going around and playing in snow at night and yep. shit. I don't know. Like, I have a kid now, and I'm like, oh, I, I wish I could bring her up in snow because that's what I remember. I think everyone has that. Just they want to raise their kid how they were raised because yes. yeah, you don't know anything else. So it'll be fine not being there, but, right. you know. Yeah, it's but it's also such a, like... I don't know, like the amount, of, like the snow stories I have from like seventh grade, where we had a week off from school, and I literally oh. would walk over an hour to my friend's house where everybody was meeting up because he lived at the best sled hill area. Yeah, and we would stay there all day and hope that it would melt a little bit so that a parent could come at least get us at the bottom of the hill because we had yes. to wa- like walk up this big hill and we would stay at this. And by the way, the mom never knew we were all coming over, so like fifteen kids would show up and come in, and she'd have to order pizza and get hot chocolate and everything. And then we'd get in their hot tub, and then we end up staying the night because it wouldn't. Uh, no Snow parents going, and, and we were going to yeah. walk an hour home at the, in the dark, wow. and like that shit was so like. Just it, I don't. Do they even let kids do that anymore? Like thinking not. about it now, I'm like that sounds insane. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. The only bummer about Milwaukee is they were so used to snow that their salts and plow trucks were on it, and like it would snow so often, and it we'd gone. rarely get yeah. that snow day. Like, oh, okay. The plows are out at three thirty in the morning when it's snowing. Like they're making sure you get to work, you get to school. Like they were on that <laughs> stuff. It started the it's only. A- we wouldn't have snow days. We'd have cold days. We just got so cold. They didn't want you outside because they didn't so want to like, call your, school for for co- how cold it was. Like we can't do recess. We don't want yeah. your noses getting frostbit. Like oh, stay wow. home. Wow. See, whereas here in Southern California, we had heat days. Really? When for it real? got to be like over 100 degrees, where it'd be like eh, half day today. Half day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take it easy, guys. Yeah, and I think that's mostly the teachers saying, "I don't want to." <laughs> it's too hot. Who wants to do anything? I don't want to do anything in this. I don't want to have 32 <laughs> 12, 12 year olds just going ape shit. <laughs> now, I, I, bet Ro- I bet Robin Young could have overturned some of those cold days. Just calling, like, my kid's not going to school. <laughs> you know what? Just called and been like, yeah. <laughs> Robin Young sounds like it. he'd be like a Paul Bunyan. 
type character. Of like course. great name. The Grand Canyon was formed when Robin Yount hit a grounder way too hard in the Arizona sun. <laughs> well, if MTV brings back Celebrity Deathmatch, they should pin <laughs> Yount versus Bunyan. <laughs> Yount and Bunyan. <laughs> That's the worst detective duo name ever. Yeah. Uh, all right, so you do comedy sports, and is that where you start to get like some of the entertainment bug? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, I was just like a big comedy nerd. I think growing up, I think like a like a lot of us. What'd you geek up. out on? I remember, like, I remember when Comedy Central first became a channel, like a cable channel, yeah. and that was back when it was like all they did was like have old footage of stand-ups that they right. like wear all the time, and so I would didn't have any shows. Yeah, and so I was, was just, just super into stand-up. Yeah, like all kinds, all different kinds of people. People that now that I'm like, how do I listen to all those different? You know what I mean? But like, I feel like I could listen to like. Eddie Griffin and yeah. like Jeff Foxworthy and I was like thought they were both the most amazing thing ever. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like in their heyday, they were and they were they were like. Uh, but I, so I, I watched a lot of stand up and I remember like even for like I would like basically try to do stand up where all I would do is copy bits that I've seen. You know yes. what I mean? When yeah. you're like 13 years old. That, and, yeah, that's what you all of us did as kids. Like some of the, so, I mean, some of the kids thought I was a comedic genius because I <laughs> I had just watched Eddie Murphy Raw like 30 yeah. times the night the weekend before, and then I came in doing those bits, and everyone was like, "What? Well, Brad's the funniest kid yeah, alive!" Yeah, exactly. and there's no internet, and no one's really taking it upon themselves to memorize. All. I used to memorize the entire like all the big bits from Ace Ventura and perform them in yes. the back of the bus to all my yes. friends, and they were yeah. like. You fucking, how do you memorize that? I'm like, because I just, I don't know. It's I watched it 92 times last night. Yeah. It's like, it really was, yeah, pre-internet, everything was like an oral history. And like, yeah. there were like also kids who like, I like I remember, I had that Dana Carvey HBO special memorized. Chopping Broccoli. Chopping Broccoli. And yeah. I had, I literally had all, all however long it was, 49 minutes, 65 minutes, I had it memorized. And that was like, it was an HBO special at the time, so we had it. Not everyone had HBO. Yeah. I would literally perform that entire thing word for word over like three recesses. Like I just do it. Oh my god! Like, I like loved it so funny. And come I back to the, come back to the lunch tables where we will continue our performance of Job and Broccoli. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot a lot of that and doing stand up and then uh, uh, comedy comedy sports. I did a lot of co- uh, comedy with my cousin the DJ. Yeah. Who also at his high school had comedy sports before my high school did. He was much good. And I was like, I want to do that. This is like what we do. So we would like make little shorts and try to do stand up and do comedy shows and stuff. And well, you said you're in a, you said you're in a punny mood. So we may end this episode, uh, with a game of 185. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, oh. God, I haven't played that in forever. Yeah. Adam, do you ever play that game? No. What is that? Uh, 185 is where it's basically a pun <laughs> game where you set up a joke. You say uh, 185, Blanks walk into a bar. Bartender says either punchline or bartender says, What do you have? The blanks say punchline. Oh, nice. And the audience just yells out whatever those blanks whatever are, and then are. you and you have to think <sighs> of a joke. I've played that forever. And, and it's a and it's, and it's a, always a bad pun. Oh, it's horrible. Like you can't make a good joke. Wait, so, right. All right, well give me an example right now. Okay, so like an example is if someone says lawyers. You say 185 lawyers walk into a bar, bartender says, uh, sorry you can't drink here until you pass the bar exam. Oh. Da, 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 da. Hey! There, well, so that, that helps. Entire show that. <laughs> that, that button helps the joke. If you do the da, 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 Walk into a bar? Yeah. And so then I say, bartender says... Bartender says, 
hey, you guys don't have mouths. You can't drink in here. You're fucking candles. Uh, <laughs> I would say 185 candles walk to a bar. Bartender says, sorry, you can't drink here. And the candles say, well, we were just trying to get enlightened. Oh, see, that's Ooh, a good one. That's a good one. Oh, that's yeah. one you're oh, there's you like, go. I wasn't okay. thinking about okay, okay. it that way. There you all right, go. all right, now I see. Okay. okay. Give me another one. Uh, all right. <laughs> Can you, all right, all right, well, do you have another candle one? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. But see, what you just start talking, you say 185 candles uh, walk into a bar, and they, say, and they say, sorry, we can't serve you, man. And they're like, come on, man, we're just trying to get our wicks wet. Like yeah, yeah wicks wet. Kind of makes sense. I don't yeah, know. that's, that's kind of that, 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 that kind of sounds like a porno that was on the very deep back shelves. Like <laughs> wicks wet. Yeah, wicks yeah. wet. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, Adam. Here, we, here we go. All right, let's do. Uh, let's do a uh, <laughs> hundred in the Robin Yount theme. Uh, let's go. Hundred eighty-five uh, baseballs. Walk into a bar. Yeah. Uh, bartender says, "Sorry, we can't serve you here." And the baseballs goes. Oh, come on, come on! I'm, <laughs> come on! I'm just looking for Robin Yount. <laughs> Wait, what? What? Is, I don't think you, 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 you can go. Uh, 185 baseballs walking to a bar. Bartender says, "Sorry, we don't serve baseballs here." And baseballs say, "Ah, that's foul." Yeah, there you go. There you 185 go. baseballs walking to a bar. Bartender says, "We can't serve you here." They say, "Are you sure?" And he says, "You're out of here." Okay, there we go. All right, there we go. All right, one more, one more. Right. Let me try one more. Everyone's like, be very I, sloppy. None okay. of this is good. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. They can't, they can't be good jokes. Okay, uh, I'm looking at Kermit the Frog. So 185 okay. frogs walk into a bar. Bartender says, "Is now it's always the bartender can't serve them, right?" Uh, you, you can. Play with the you joke if you want. All right, 185 yeah. frogs walk into a bar. Bartender goes, "We can't serve you here." Frog goes, "Oh, that's bullfrog." There, there you go. go. Yeah, that's bullfrog. an acceptable 185 yeah. joke. There you go. <laughs> See, and it, 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 it's just fun because it would get you thinking. And cool. I love the bad. I love bad puns. Oh god, I haven't played that game for so long. That's right. You, the comedy sports game. Here's, I'm gonna tell you guys the claim I make okay. that upsets a lot of comedy sports people. I've gotten in fights about this, but are you familiar? <laughs> comedy sports fights. I know. Yeah, are you familiar with the comedy sports game Beastie Rap? No. Uh, I think, wait. It started to spread. What was Beastie kind of Rap? Beastie Rap is uh, you, you're up there with three people. Yeah. And the person who's up says um, the first line of a rap, and it has to be done in a way where all three yell the last word, and you have to be on the same page. Oh, so it's like we did start, play that. Yeah. yeah. So you start with, like, you know, I'm, I met him on the corner, and his name was Brad. You start with a name. You yeah, okay. From the audience, you know what I mean? And then be like, I thought he was cool. I thought he was Brad. And then everyone yeah. says it, and you keep going. I met his mom. I wanted to meet his dad. Yeah, He's exactly. not good. He sure is bad. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, keep yeah. going, you keep going, going, going until, until you don't, not so Fuck it up. Yeah. When he's really happy, some within sad. He's not <laughs> sad. Yeah, it's stuff like that. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I, I claim never got to like more than three. No. Yeah. Are, like, three would be like page. the max. Okay. There's yeah. always some guy who's doing it bad on purpose. Like that's his joke. Like I don't <laughs> right. even get the easy one. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. are really mad at him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I claim to have invented that comedy sports game. Really? Yeah. And I think now you can, you know, I mean, now you're a big Hollywood director. I think that's I'll like just take credit for yeah, it. Just yeah. legitimize and, it. I, but I also think it could have legitimately risen at multiple times. But it was after the Beastie Boys Intergalactic album came out because it was all in the style of that. And it was all Don't that style. You tell me to smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I played that game now that we're talking about it. Like, yeah. in Seattle. Like, yeah. So I think it. I think many people started doing that after that album. And I was very deep into comedy sports at that point, And I started playing it at parties with a lot of comedy sports friends. Yeah, but you could have like it could have started there and spread. And I'm sure comedy sports like the people at our 
uh, facility, I'm sure, like, talked. There was probably some sort of mass email chain that was like, here's a new game here's you can a new use. game. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there was. All I know is I didn't go into comedy sports and say, like, here's what a game should be. But I started playing it, like, in basements at parties with comedy sports people. And then, like, How fun was I that? came back the next yeah. summer and all of a sudden it was a game. And I was like, this is, like, my game I was doing at parties. Me and my cousin were doing, right? This, wow. is, this is a comedy sports game now? So awesome. You, so, wow. you're, so you're, like, the Winklevoss twins of yeah. comedy sports <laughs> where fucking Zuckerberg just takes your idea yeah. and goes, oh, yeah, I'll make this. Yeah. He's like, if you, if you would have invented Beastie Rap, you would have invented Beastie Rap. <laughs> I was like, I, I think I did. I don't know. Where's that movie? Yeah. Fincher, call me. Fincher, call me. I invented Beastie Rap. <laughs> I, I mean, swear. you're a big Hollywood director now. You could make that movie. <laughs> you could walk in like, all right, coming off of the success of Mike and Dave need wedding dates. You can make anything you want. You can make anything you want. The well, I'm going to make the, the true story of Beastie Rap. And they're like, what? I'm like, it's a comedy sports game. I'm like, a what game? A comedy <laughs> sports. a short form improv game. It's going to be a great movie. <laughs> uh, Too much explaining. So you said when you directed like some of your shorts, that's and that's where you got your taste and, and uh, yeah I think I started making stuff uh, in high school like I think I was the classic like oh for Spanish class you can make a video me of too. Spanish sketches yeah. always did that it's always, always Spanish always class. funny yeah. you always get a thing that was the way to go love doing that mm-hmm. had competition with my friends to make the craziest Spanish class video love that uh, I did. I feel like uh, what else did I do? I did in New York. Uh, I did the New York Film Academy when it was like a new thing. Oh like, shit! The summer after my junior year in high school, I was like, that was the big decision. It was like, all right, we saved up. I can either go to a biology camp because I was super into bio, or I can go to a <laughs> film camp because I think I might be interested in that. Two big com- decision. Completely different worlds. Very different worlds. Love them both. Yeah. Went did that New York Film Academy camp. Loved it. I was like, I want to keep doing this. I want to go to film school. That's when I was like, I want to go to film school. Yeah, and you never had a desire to be the one in front of the camera? Uh, no, I, I think I was a lot in like the sketches I would make as a kid, but it was yeah. kind of because, and even now, I mean, when I was working at Funny or Die for yeah. years, I'd end up being in some of those things. But a lot of that was like, I've got this dumb idea that I can't get anyone else to be in, so I'm just And it's just easier it. if I do it. It's just easier yeah. if I do it. Is that it. how the exactly. high five thing came to be? Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of that. That was my genius. Of, yeah. What was the high five thing? The high five videos. There's yeah. this high five montage videos that uh, me and my cousin and my buddy did for a while. Uh, there's like a w- crazy. They went viral of when them. things going viral. When there wasn't a ton of things when going things viral. Could still go viral. We made a viral video. When it it, it was your high stomping. five video. The ladies stomping grapes and two girls one cup. <laughs> we were in the two yeah. girls one cup era. <laughs> All right, that's a great era. It was a great era. That was that was me. That was my cousin Jack Packard, uh, and uh, we had like our group. We called it almost twins. The videos we made together. Uh, that was me and him, and then my buddy Bob Turton was the other guy I was high fiving in those videos. High five etiquette. I put him in the no. movie Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. He's no shit. In that movie, he's uh, what, in the bar part? scene on the dates. Oh shit! Oh, okay, yeah, that's the high five guy, Bob Turton. That's, that's the guy in sunglasses. That's I mean, amazing. I'm pretty sure that's how he introduces himself to women. I'm the high five guy. For a while, he did, and I know that for a fact. <laughs> And that, again, is when videos could go viral and mean something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's when I first... You know uh, that Stomping Grapes lady was like, I'm the uh, Stomping Grapes lady. <laughs> you might want to fuck me later. She's p- trying to pick up dudes in bars. She Especially that damn Tazon Day guy. He's like, uh, you don't know who I am, but uh, maybe you know the sound of my voice. Chocolate rain. Everyone's like... Oh. And the Stalman Graves lady is like, you already know how I come. No, no. Wait, what did she say? Uh, uh, make it stop. Oh, yeah. She's not dead. She's still alive. <laughs> I know. She might hear this. That's when I start feeling bad about <laughs> no, She's an internet sensation and an inspiration. <laughs> she to, loves it. She to, wants to stop. Oh, Matt. <laughs> 
Imagine being she that. Fell on so purpose. many foot fetish people were watching that video. <laughs> just like, nice oh, time. make that wine. Now moan. Yeah. But that was the first uh, time I think I became uh, familiar with Jake Zemanski. Really? And the high five video. Yeah. All right. And then, but I also, you know, at that time, Funny You Die had. Uh, because you were uploading a lot of videos. Yeah. Because that's you guys, how I know you, through your videos. Oh, no shit. Yeah. You guys, Daryl, and I met Farah through uh, my old manager, uh, Tucker Voorhees at Principato. Yep. And I think he repped, he repped Farah. Maybe yep. still does. And um, so he set me up with a general with him, and Mike was just the shit. Now, what, just recently promoted to CEO, yep. right? CEO, funnier die, Mike Farah. Farah's the man. And so you were probably, and I, and I just have a crazy thing with faces. And so I remember, like, even seeing you in the office when I met with him. And then yeah. when I saw the video, I was like, oh, shit, I just saw that. Like, that's <laughs> amazing. And then Owen Burke I took improv from oh, so yeah. then, uh, at UCB. And so then I met him there. And, and Mike was like, yeah, if you have ideas, pitch them to us, like, to try to get made. And then he was like, and I'll put you in touch with Daryl. So if you have... Because yeah. I was doing a lot of my own stuff. And that was also a time when there was only a handful of comics that were really, um, you know, Making content was just so line. new. Yeah. You guys, Funny or Die still had just, you know, one big box and then four little boxes. So it was like, that front page was really early days. prime real estate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was like, the big box was just what it, whatever Will decided to shoot that yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. four boxes were just wide open. Yep. In Take fact, it. in the early, early days, it was just whatever got uploaded most recently, like user uploads, wow. would just go in the four boxes, which is how I got my job there. Oh, maybe I don't feel so special then about getting a well, front page no, no, feature. I think by, if you're talking about Daryl and Farrah, that was a front page okay, feature by okay, that point. Okay. This is like, I'm talking about like the first four months yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. You guys just needed content. We just needed content. So it's just like, and that was that was kind of the original idea. It was like majorly focused on user generated and then funnier, and it still is user generated. And then funnier die also now, you know, makes its own stuff in house. Yeah. Also puts that, up. that was huge too for comedy because especially for you know somebody like me like trying to get like you need those little you know validations of what go. you're doing it's a yeah. place to go yeah. and it was a place to house other than YouTube for more specific for comedy and so when Daryl was like send me stuff and I'll like and he would feature I'd say about 85% of the stuff and sometimes he was just like too long or you you missed a mark on right, something right, right. but I was like man the fact that I even have this in was so dope and uh and so you got a job there doing... I had uploaded a video that, the day they launched. I, being a comedy nerd, you know, had uploaded a video. My friend Good told me, you. hey, this, this, this site launched. They, the story goes, the way I, the way I tell it, <laughs> uh, they, they launched this website. They didn't think anyone was going to see it. They were like, if anyone ever... St-, they had no employees mm-hmm. on the creative side. They were like, if anyone ever starts coming to our website, we're going to hire people. They launched funnyordie.com in 07. With the video, the landlord with Will screaming yep. at McKay's daughter, mm-hmm. and it goes viral. Hundreds of thousands of people come in day one. They didn't have the servers ready, like oh, for, to show that video. Did that they much. not think it was gonna? No, they had no idea how big it would be. On well, because yeah, viral video wasn't it wasn't a yeah. thing. It, you also don't know that, like anyone who like I hear now, like people in the social media world or execs being like, we want a video, we want a viral video. I'm like, you can't predict nobody. There's no formula. I mean, like topical and celebrity help. And yes, like, right. but then there was like, I feel like there was like a, a, like nine months when I was working there that we hit the stage where like we, we knew what would go viral. There yeah. was like, there was that point where like videos were starting to go viral. Then like you kind of saw what was going viral and then it like spread out and diluted yeah. from there. There was like a golden six months in the history of Fun or Die where I feel like we would just be like, all right, what would go crazy viral? We need like a name that sounds like this cleavage that looks like this yeah. or a celebrity that's like yeah. this, like let's do it. We, yeah. It was like about a title and the image that would be on it and like go. Well, my two girls, my Kermit the Frog, two girls, one cup reaction video. Yeah, that was, that was a, big. Yeah, and on your guys' site, it became like immortal was like the status you could get where yeah. it was, 
I don't know how many hits. Like, so it's it, not dying, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Immortal was like, yeah, we had like you could reach statuses on Funny. Uh, Immortal was over a hundred thousand hits and mm-hmm. rated like eighty or ninety percent right. positive or above. Yeah, like ninety percent funny. Right. Or something and like on that. YouTube, it was. I remember it got like I posted it and I was like, oh, this again, like something topical. I was like. I skipped seeing all these reaction videos and I was like, what is this two? So I watched a bunch of reaction videos and then went and saw the, the actual video and was like, all right, well, A, that's the last time I'm going to watch that, but I need to, I think, get on this train, but I, I can't do a person. So right. what's like, you know, and then I had this Kermit puppet. Yeah. And then I remember Perez Hilton put it on his site and that's how it blew up on blew YouTube. Up. And then I think, I was like, oh, I should probably put this on Funny or Die. But again, it's like you don't know. I even made that being like, so true. oh, I should try to put up right. something right now. It is such a weird mix of timing and did it. The craziest one we ever did at Funny or Die, like that we tried to do on purpose, was when it was during the election. And it was um, when we did the McKay had the idea. McCain, John McCain was running for president and had released the ad where he used Paris Hilton. He used an image of Paris Hilton in mm-hmm. it. And that was like news at that point. It was yeah. something about celebrity or something like that, something derogatory. And McKay's idea was to do a Paris Hilton response ad. And <laughs> and um, and so he wrote a script for it. They got in touch with like Paris Hilton's people and she was like, I'm in. And mm-hmm. then it was like me with a camera bag by myself on a flight to New York, renting a car, driving out to the Hamptons to like shoot a, a Paris Hilton video. Like just you, just me, no sound guy, no like I like that. We didn't have anything back in the early days of Funny or Die. Oh my God! Flew uh, flew back. By the way, she was lovely. Loved the great time with her. She made me a turkey sandwich. She was so nice. Wait, and by made about you a turkey Robin. sandwich, like she actually made you the turkey sandwich, okay? Or, or did or no, did she go like? Of course, she made no. turkey sandwich. <laughs> She made a very. She was a very nice, normal Turkey person. sandwich for the director. She knew about Robin Young. Knew about Robin <laughs> I think I'm in love with her. No, um, and that's awesome. I flew back. Was like editing the video on the plane because it was like topical. Got mm-hmm. back, stayed up all night. We put it online the next day, and that was one of those things where like we had. I don't know. It was something like five to ten million hits on day one. Like we, it was you. Would, wow. We were watching it. We like posted it live, and then everyone was there just going like. Refresh, 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 and it's going up by like hundreds of thousands each time. And it was That's... the moment we put it up, like we we're like, this is gonna go. Like we knew that was like one of those things where like we gotta yeah. go to this. This is gonna go. And it was so. And at that time, Paris Hilton, like there was nothing. Like she was just this fame phenomenon. That yeah, she was at yeah. the height of that thing. Right. And it was. It was like it was a crazy experience of like, oh, this is where the internet is right now. Yeah, and that must have video is that must have given you guys also an indication of like okay like celebrity based stuff for us is like pretty oh, yeah. like le- maybe we can be the home to be doing that because well, nobody yeah, else I mean, is and it started you know it's will and adam and chris henchy's side yeah. and you know will would do stuff and i think the other idea was like not everyone can go do snl every week but there are people and celebrities who want to make funny videos and they can i think the you know the earliest idea was like they can come here instead of going on letterman and doing a thing or in a ju- in conjunction with come spend an afternoon with us make a funny video it'll get a ton of publicity yeah you know what i mean was, and like for us that gave us access to people and for them it gave them a cool video and and this all like this and because i looked at funny or die as a stand-up as like oh well What's it going to lead to? But then, like, yeah. and but then it turns out it could lead to a lot, and, and because it was that outlet for people that gave them a chance to get their creativity. Oh, out it there. got my name into the comedy world like faster than it because you know stand up. I think I was maybe two, three years in. So there's like having some videos featured. I mean, that's what like got me a manager, just a little bit of like also some. You know, as I said, like you're starting out, you're tr- you need some sort of validation and like mini yeah, victories. Yeah. So you're like, okay, cool, like. 
I like the biggest comedy site. Like I'm getting some love from that, so that's gonna keep me going another year at least. You know, right. yeah, and, you, yeah. and you and you want to have credits beyond like uh, you've seen them in clubs and colleges all over the country. Like, oh yeah, no, but no, I had I front say, page Funny or Die yeah. as credits when I go on stage for sure. Oh, yeah, sure. and people oh, yeah. were like, "Fucking cool, man." Yeah, like, that thanks, was like Robin a big. That was, thanks, yeah. Ro- <laughs> Robin Young. I'm a big fan. Thanks for coming to the Ha Ha. <laughs> that's really why I wanted to be on this thing. If you can get in touch in any way. Did you guys target as a certain amount of celebrities to like? go all right Paris Hilton then like because obviously no not like that it was kind of just like I mean that was very organic to what was in that news cycle at the time like she McCain used an image of her in a video let's get her to make a video back to McCain you know what I mean like so it's kind of like what's you know trying to stay topical in that way I mean that was always the best something that's topical something that's surprising something that's really really funny and something well I mean you know yeah Yeah, those are all those things yeah those are like the best kind of tweets is just the fact that and that's what makes Twitter so great is that you get things out instantly something happens right. and you and you make a joke about that right then like I don't know how these like the late night joke writers can do it now because by the time their shit airs that joke has already been made yeah. 40 times on Twitter by literally people who are Twitter writers right exactly it's, like it's that it's insane that day is going yeah it's gotten so fast now like I remember yeah early days of Funny or Die with something could happen on a Monday and we'd be like could we get a video up to try to beat SNL on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And now you're right. It's like something will happen at noon and it'll be like people will do it on Twitter before a talk show will air that night. Yes. And like that it's like so it got it's gotten so compressed so fast. Yeah. How instant everything. Oh, there was there was a big uh, thing I did a video I did for um, uh, Brett Favre Dickhole's jeans. I don't know if you ever remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I put yeah. it up and you guys put it on the front page on I think like a Tuesday, right? And I knew again like I was like this all that scandal was going on, and I was like, it's something, like, he's just so in the news right now. Yeah. And the Wrangler jeans things were all the time. And so, and then SNL, that Saturday, did almost shot for shot, like, with Sudeikis as far of that commercial. And was so... It, what was the idea? I don't remember that. So what it was, was basically, idea? it was a, it was a, a, a Wrangler jeans commercial. And so guys playing football and everything, and then Favre talking to camera being like, you know, uh, but I'm all, you know, I love playing football with the guys and like wearing my jeans, but like I need a little extra room to breathe when I'm running around or whatever. So I got, you know, Brett Favre dickhole jeans. So like the, the jeans that are comfy. But wait, they actually did dickhole jeans the yeah. exact same as well, yours? They didn't call it dickhole. It was like. I remember yours. Yeah. I, yeah. It was, it was, theirs was called like, I don't know. Penis out. I penis out. So, I mean, it was cl- very close. And so all of a sudden I get just a million texts. Like I'm getting tagged in all these things. There's all these weird sites start like putting the videos up and like SNL rips off again. And I'm taking the high road, and I still will because, like, yeah. it's not. It was a good idea. It wasn't a gene. It wasn't a. I, I wouldn't put it past, especially people at SNL, to not think of the same thing. You know, sure, sure. So, sure. Um, but you know, they had. Well, by some, the way, I was also I coming because I worked at SNL for a couple of years. Yeah. After, oh, that's yes, right. Yes, you did. Die, which that was after Funny or Die, right? That was after Funny or Die. Yeah, I went it led to, to that. SNL. And by the way, coming out of that internet world where. It was day by day, hour by hour, and this idea, and part of your job is watching everything that goes online. Yeah. I remember going to SNL and thinking like, oh, yeah, there's been some sketches that they've done after it's been out online. Yeah. And I will tell you, nine times out of ten, they have no idea that and that's happened. And, totally. and by the way, because they're working so hard there, so many hours, and right. it's so insular. You're on that floor. Your Isolated. doors are closed. You're working very hard on ideas. You're talking about what's what's in the news. Like, 
there, there's not time to go mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, you're, you're not like, oh, online. let's go on Funny or Die and let's see what. So I really, yeah, doing. every now yeah. and then SNL get a like, you know, someone be like, there's a scandal, they stole this idea, and after being there, I truly believe like no one's trying to steal it. Yep. Also, uh, if someone knew that idea existed, they wouldn't put it on the show. Yeah, you know what right. I mean. Yeah, I don't think anyone's trying to do that at SNL. There's an integrity there. A- absolutely, sure. it's just comedy people trying to work on hey, comedy. Hey, there's a lot of funny people in the world. Like, yeah, people. I'm sure Richard Pryor thought of some bits that fucking you know Cosby thought of. Sure. With, but uh, by the way, at cursing. the same time, when yeah. you make an internet video <laughs> yeah. and it's doing great and it goes out there, and then you see a, a, a more highly produced one on yeah. a TV show, like five days later. That sucks. That feeling sucks. Yeah, it's not yeah. on purpose that it happened, but like that's a real like. Hey, what the fuck? Yeah, like, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah, I, I did that with my with, with my iPhone, and they have <laughs> yeah, they have Paul Simon doing the soundtrack. That's awful. Uh, I want to hear about SNL, but real quick, just to finish on Funnier Die, were you involved in the uh, presidential sketch with like Jim Carrey? Yes. And they- Whoa. Oh yeah, I co-directed that. Shut the fuck up. Me and, you, me you and directed me Jim and, Carrey. Me and Ron Howard directed that. <laughs> Whoa! I got to know Ron Howard. He's the best. Um, Just that it was basically like um, I mean that was a dream come true to get all the SNL. That was one of the most incredible videos ever. Yeah, and by that point it was like the most money funnier I had ever spent to put a sketch together. We'd Mm. never spent that much money. It still wasn't like a crazy amount like by TV standards, but like yeah, that was that was amazing. That was another one that like. McKay did a writing pass. I think James L. Brooks did a writing pass. It was like comedy titans getting together to say, let's try to put all the SNL ex-presidents together. So that was like the comedy version of We Are the World. Yeah. Pretty much, was dude. everyone yeah. coming in and be like, let's, look all, let's oh all put our own God. spin on it. By the And by the it's way, nuts. like, yeah, and like... Um, we got Ron to say he'd be involved directing it, and he was really busy with other stuff, obviously. Because he's, he's Ron always, fucking he's Howard. Ron Howard. So it's kind of like I had to go meet with him, and we talked about it, and then I had to go set everything up and make everything ready for the sketch. And then he, you know, it was it was like one of the coolest experiences of my life. Not only getting to work with Ron, and he is he was so great and the nicest guy. And, Give you uh, advice and stuff. Oh and- yeah, it was great talking to him. Um, and but then also. We show up to the stage in the valley, you know what I mean? And you've got mm-hmm. Chevy Chase walking in, Dan Aykroyd walking in, Dana Carvey, who, as I said, I had Jonathan his entire Broccoli. special memorized yeah. as a child. Yeah, he's like a god. And dude. then I'm doing like bits with him, throwing out, like, what if you do your uh, Thousand Points of Light thing here and do this thing here? Because I'm like, because I know your act so well. Uh, do this, <laughs> I was like, born and for it this. was just like, but just watching these guys go was like, oh, so fun. Were you at all. I mean, how much directing experience did you have prior to this? Like, were you comfortable? Or, I don't know. Like, this was entirely? maybe like a year and a half into Funny or Die, two years into Funny or Die. Okay, so I mean, the now one you're great directing thing, like five of the funniest people. Yeah, and by ever. the way, I, I, I did not do a ton of directing those people. They all know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Sure. This is like, let's make sure we get the shots. And yeah. by the way, Ron... Howard was there directing, okay. you know what I mean? So I was part of that process, but... Um, but still just to be there. Like, yeah, hell, be in the I room. would have paid money to be in the room. But those guys are so pro, I feel like, that yeah. if you were to come up and be like, Jim, I think if you whatever, they will be receptive because you're in the brand, you're there with Ron, you're a part of the process, so they're going to be like, oh, this guy probably knows what he's doing if he's yeah, here. Yeah, probably. By the way, like, I'm sure they did. I'm sure like probably some people didn't even know I was there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Dan Aykroyd probably doesn't know I was even in that room. Like Dana Carvey, I got to like talk to and give a give a joke or two. To yeah. You know what I mean? And well, like Will, obviously, I'd been working with Will at Fire yeah. Die. He was there, so he was great always. But yeah, like, for me, I was like, oh, if I can like get three jokes in here and like five five good ideas, I've, this is amazing. You know, like the coolest part was just seeing those guys like 
Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd in between takes, just like talk, yeah. like catching up, like wow. overhearing, like you want to come over for the game this weekend, or it's been a while. I haven't, we haven't hung out. Like and you you're forget like, that they just this don't. Is amazing. They're just yeah. dudes. It's not a big together comedy a like hangout every like they don't. It's like those guys lose touch just like anybody, and they right. like yeah. Well, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's the, the same reason why we love going to comedy festivals because then we're actually there with all these headliners that all the guys we you came never up with see, you don't yeah. see anymore because we're all because because we're all now so fucking rich. Yeah, that we just like. <laughs> We Obviously. just hang out in our mansions money all day. Se- and you're separated literally by piles of money. <laughs> yeah. You can't see the other Right. People. We just snort caviar <laughs> off of hookers. I mean, it's really hard to, like, you know, just uh, get back to basics at that point. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> what, what did, did anybody improvise anything that day that was like, or did somebody do something that everybody, like, collectively laughed at that was like, oh, man, like. God, I'm trying to remember specifics. It's such a blur. Like, I was so on cloud nine during all of that. It's all, Yeah. Uh, well, Dana Carvey did a lot of improvisation. Yeah. I remember because there was a sequence in it where Fred Armisen plays Obama and he's having a dream, mm-hmm. and so there's this weird, like, on white kind of dreamy look of all yeah. the presidents talking to him, and we let Dana Carvey just go. We just like hit record, and he was, you know, he's doing his little "Hey there, yeah. Obama," and like, and he just started riffing, and yeah. it was like the hardest I had laughed in years. And part of that was just like little Jake wish fulfillment. Coming yes, through, so sure. Do that. Um, but he, I mean, everyone riffed a little bit. I mean, I remember, I remember, you know, Jim Carrey doing Reagan in that. He's got the bit where his balls are swinging in his pants. <laughs> yeah. Like that was all Jim Carrey. He's like, I want to get fake balls and I want to do this joke. Like that wasn't in the script. <laughs> like he was I like, love I want to do Somebody get Jim Carrey fake balls. Yeah. Like, so like, no, they all, what do you mean? Props doesn't have fake balls. <laughs> yeah. Jim Carrey's on this set. God damn it. You'll have the fake balls ready. Get this man some old testicles. <laughs> um, so, so then uh, everyone's doing that. I mean, it was just amazing. So from that, that's so dope that you got to be a part of that. So does yeah. that lead into, uh, I mean, like, Between Two Ferns and Drunk History, I think, can also be uh, talked about Funny as... Funny or Die Classics. Right? Yeah. Like, and I had th- nothing to do with those. Okay. Like, except for sometimes, again, get to be on that set and, like, hold a camera or so. Because it was so... The thing about Funny or Die is those first couple of years, it was so guerrilla. It was so sure. run and gun that it really was everyone did a little bit of everything. That's how I got the job there, is those guys saw a video I made and they were like... Oh, you made you made the video? I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, we thought you were an actor. I was like, I'm not an actor. I don't have a headshot. I don't audition. They're like, oh, but you were in it. I'm like, yeah, because I can't get anyone else to be in these dumb videos. And they're like, oh, do you know how to use a computer? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, did you edit it? I'm like, yeah, I edited it. They're like, oh man, you got to work here. Like, it was literally wow. like, do you know how to like do stuff? Because we don't have anyone doing this stuff. Yeah, right, right, right. And so, I mean, the first couple months of Funnier Die, we didn't own lights, we didn't own microphones. It was literally just holding a camera, gorilla style. Holy then we crap. slowly like we got a mic. Then we got like one light. Then we got two lights. And like, it really built up from from that. But it was it started with. Hey, one day there's a shoot. There's something I wrote that I'm going to direct. The next day I'm going to go hold a boom mic for someone else. The next day I'm like trying to help someone set up a camera and I'll be there in the beginning and then I'll leave. Like it was really like there were three or four employees the first couple months and we just did Unreal. everything. You know? Uh, and, and then, yeah, then you slowly, I mean, then the. How does SNL happen? Like, how does that. Uh, the SNL happened actually because of uh, some commercials I directed. Oh, and really? So not even Funny or Die? Not even Funny or Die. In fact, um, I feel like I has been doing Funny or Die stuff, but again, it was kind of guerrilla style, and I feel like the SNL people were maybe like, we need people who can do higher quality stuff than that. I think mm. my manager said at one point, like, yeah, we tried to bring you up for Funny or Die. 
And unfortunately, you know, Jake, they're just not, you know, we've had the we've had the Jake conversation with them and we just don't think it's going to happen. My manager said that to me. And then uh, and then I, I shot a commercial in which I met Bill Hader and John Mulaney. Nice. Bill Hader was starring in these commercials for Volkswagen. I went and directed yep. <laughs> and uh, he brought John Mulaney along to write on those. So I got to work with those guys and uh, we got along pretty good. And I think they were like, oh, you're not like a normal commercial guy. They saw the edits when they first came out. They saw the rough cuts and they're like, oh, you cut these for comedy. And I was like, yeah, that's like I'm a comedy guy. And they're like, oh, yeah, these are funny, like for commercials. You Sometimes you get a commercial director. It's not about the comedy. It's no, about right, right, right. Stuff like that. It's about getting the best shot of the mayonnaise. Yeah. And then we were just on set towards <laughs> the end of it. And literally, uh, Mulaney was just like, hey, I think we're uh, we are losing our director. We got an open spot. Would you want to come like guest direct a couple things? So and I was cool. like, yeah, what are you kidding me? That's <laughs> yeah. like a dream come true. He's like, oh, I'll mention your name. And so the and next thing I knew, I flew out for the end of that season and was like uh, doing that. And then I went back next season and did digital shorts with Andy. Shut up. And did cut to stuff like that. But it was the best part was I think my managers knew like a spot was opening there. And I love my managers, by the way. And they were like, sorry, we tried. We it just it's not going to happen. And then I was like, hey, uh, they said you might expect a call. They recommended me for this thing. Like, Jake, we told you. We tried. Mm-hmm. They called me back the next day. Like, so uh, the conversation has changed. <laughs> uh, they called. They'd like to see a reel. We'd like to try to. And then I wow. ended up uh, working there for two seasons. What They'll- digital shorts did you yeah. uh, jam on? I did uh, some of the last ones because I was there like the last two seasons that Andy was there. Yeah. I was there. Mm-hmm. And I shared an office with Sandberg, which is uh, how I know him. Amazing. And, um, so what? Was that the Captain Jack Sparrow one with Michael that, Bolton? They were doing that one like right when I got there. Oh, like, okay. I didn't work, and, and I didn't do all of them with him because, you know, um, Akiva, uh, Akiva and Yorma had left by that point, but they would come back to do like the music one still. But yeah. I, it was really cool. I got to work on the 100th digital short, the one that was like the mega montage. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that was incredible. Uh, I did a lot of work on that. Yorma and I co-directed that and uh, helped do some of the song the, the song for that one and the uh, Lazy Sunday 2 I was around mm-hmm. on. And we, what else did we do? We did one with uh, Jonah Hill where he kept getting hit in the nuts by yeah. tennis ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The process of the digital shorts, I mean, I, I'm very curious, like, how quickly do they come together from inception to getting shot? Because it. Well, they really, you know, it's interesting because the schedule of SNL, which everyone obviously talks about, like, Tuesday night is kind of writing night, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. writing night for the live show, really. And mm-hmm. um, so I know Andy, uh, and by the way, by the time I got there, I hadn't done any of the work. Like the Lonely Island was already established, right? Yeah, and it it was already de facto that Andy could do a digital short every week, and he didn't have to bring it to the table to read it. It was just like whatever he wanted to do, you know. Gotcha. He, he didn't have to get approved. It would be like Lauren wanted a digital short every week, so whatever Andy wanted to make, you know, we could awesome. try to make. And so I think it, a lot of times we'd wait until like Thursday or Wednesday to see what got picked. And then it was like, oh, how much of the live show is Andy in? How much time does he have? What idea can we try? And Andy had a lot of ideas, you know, kind of built up that he wanted to try to do. But a lot of it was like writing Wednesday night, Thursday, and then you're prepping it Thursday night to shoot on Friday, very last second. Wow. And then you shoot Friday, you edit, you stay up all night and edit to put on Saturday. Jesus. Oh, God. So if you're on the video, like everyone who works there doesn't sleep 
Tuesday yeah. night, the writing night. Yeah. But if you work on like the digital short crew there, if you're on the video crew, you don't sleep Tuesday night. You also don't get a lot of sleep Wednesday night when you're trying to come up with the idea to do. Mm-hmm. You get almost no sleep Thursday night because you're trying to prep a last second shoot for Friday. Uh, you get a couple hours, and then you also don't sleep Friday night because you're up it's all right night in. editing. Yeah. So like you are, on the video crew, you can end up not sleeping three or four nights a week. In, and you're like, let's go to the party there. after the show. You're like, no. Yeah, so you can I'm going really, to my bed. When they do shows, you know, when you're on the third week in a row yeah. of the show, you're kind of a zombie by the end of that. Oh, my God. Uh, that is um, – so then that's – your relationship with Sandberg, that's how the um, Seven Days in Hell – Yes, comes that's about. seven days. Yeah, just rewatch that. I fucking love it. Oh, hey, I'm thanks. a big tennis guy, and it's like the parody of, of that world that is like just never been done. And mm-hmm. I love, uh, you know, fake documentaries and sports. Like, Oh, yeah, we really wanted to do Like the idea of like 30 for 30 was just getting really yeah. popular yes. and like being like, let's do the joke version of that. And, right. Uh, Murray Miller, who wrote it, and Andy are old friends, and they already had this idea of wanting to do something in the tennis world. Well, because the, te- the tennis world is so ripe for parody because it's taken so seriously. Like you go... Like you go to Wimbledon and it's like, all right, all the people must wear white. So you, you know, all, yeah. you know, all the people have to shut up, you know. And tennis players in general are kind of reserved. Like obviously, like the most famous one, maybe McEnroe, and the reason right. why he's famous is because he would have these outbursts. But then at the same time, you watch the outbursts like now, as comparison to what athletes do nowadays, you're like, that's nothing. <laughs> that is literally nothing as opposed to what athletes are doing today. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so it's crazy so, that, so that it's McEnroe totally... was known as the bad boy of sports compared yeah. to like what's happening today. Didn't right. Aaron Hernandez just get sentenced for murder. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That? Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, no. Um, that t- that title's been passed now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a new McEnroe in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I knew so. I didn't really watch tennis growing up. So when we made Seven Days in Hell, I kept embarrassed. Like, I didn't know a ton about tennis. I had to like learn quickly and yeah. like, watch a lot of old tennis footage. But I like would do you so know, much. Samples. We were on set, and I would kept calling it the field. Like we're running here on the field, call this. And like it's the court, oh, Jake. <laughs> I can't say the field. I have to oh, say the court. And you're I'm like, like, oh right, okay, sorry. You're I like don't that know girl tennis. that's like trying to watch sports with her boyfriend. They're like, oh, so when does no. the quarterback hit a home run? <laughs> yeah, like, I was I was back for tennis. And like, thank you for letting me direct yeah. this. I'm really trying to catch up here. Did he just straight up ask you? I mean, is that a thing where you gotta? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he uh, asked Akiva and Yorma first, and then they couldn't <laughs> do it, and then he asked me. Um, and uh, but it was a blast. Yeah, I think it was literally like, hey, we were trying to do this thing. I think Akiva was involved for a second first, and then he couldn't do it because there was already like we've already started trying to figure out how to do it. We were thinking this, and they brought me on, and it was just crazy because first of all, HBO normally doesn't do something like that. Yeah, like that no, that was a big so deal. Big kudos to them for doing it. But th- we also, you know, we're ambitious. We mm-hmm. tried to do something way bigger than the budget we had. I think sure. we had a budget for like a twenty minute like. TV show type thing, yeah. and we're like, well, we want to make like an hour long docu- fake documentary that all takes place in the early nineties, <laughs> and we just tried to do it. We just really stretched every dollar, so yeah. we did that. We and that's actually where my funnier die experience came in handy because we basically did all of say, Seven Days in Hell kind of like a funnier die shoot, like barely any crafty, lots of like PAs and kids like helping. Like mm-hmm. we shot that whole thing in four days. Shut up! Like, really? It was, it was nuts. Well, yeah, there's so days. many talking head interviews, and then well, and not uh, to be fair, not all the talking heads were in that four days because some of oh. those were just like whenever they came up and were available we'd go get them okay. sure. everything else was in that four days where did you shoot the court, the tennis stuff we found a grass court it had to be grass yeah. for Wimbledon mm-hmm. another thing I learned yeah, yeah, 
okay. Um, and uh, it's Wimbledon, by the way. Oh, sure, sure, yeah, sure. I'm yeah. sure it is. Yes. Um, and we uh, we found a grass court in Palm Springs. Nice. Mm-hmm. And we built a fake like three walls of Wimbledon around it, and digitally did the rest. Mm-hmm. And the reason the court in Palm Springs was available was because it was so hot. It was like 120 degrees. We yeah. shot it almost exactly two years ago. Uh, in June or July, it was so hot that they shut down the tennis courts during those oh, weeks because they don't let people play because it's right. dangerous. Yeah, and we were die. like, "Oh, can we rent it to play fake tennis?" On? They're like, "Yeah, go ahead." So then we just got our actors. We didn't tell our actors. Okay, <laughs> that, and then that it was going to be 120 degrees. That like, oh, this is like so hot they don't let people play tennis on this court. Yeah, and then we just made them play tennis. Is that why Howie court? Mandel was legitimately like really profusely sweating? Oh, I think sweating. we had extras like pass out who from just sitting in the stand. Shit. Oh That's how God. hot it was. We had to keep everyone hydrated. And so our takes were never more than like two minutes long, three minutes long. Cause, and then you'd have to take a 10-minute break and yeah. like cool down with ice water, things, everything over your neck and head. And just like bring your body temp down and then try to go again for another 30 seconds. And so then stop for 10 minutes and then basically, try to go again for another two minutes. Oh my basically, God. The, the person who had it the best was the damn streaker. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the wanted to. That was incredible. I, I mean, that was like one of my favorite moments I've seen in anything in a long time because oh, God, it's we such had so a much fun doing that. I mean, we were actually never. We didn't have permission. We didn't know if they would kick us out for that. Another. This was such a ragtag shoot. We didn't even have us a, uh, a streaker cast until maybe the day before. We still mm-hmm. had found someone, but it was in the script. Like that's how thrown together this thing was. And we're like, I don't think the hotel gave us permission to do this. There will be right. no free like, exposed titties yes. without permission and should, wave a sign. And then it was like, should we ask? And it was like, well, if we ask, they can say no. They yeah. know we're shooting stuff. Ask so for, that was ask literally for not the permission. Last, exactly. Yeah. That was the last thing we shot because we were worried they were going to kick us out. Wow. So the streaker bit was the last bit. We like didn't even tell all of our extras in the stands. Like because we were, like <laughs> so they saw that unfold with the dude and then Just her and then, reaction dude, when he when he brings them both together I mean hey when he's going out kiss? when makes them oh, kiss was, I mean his face and then I think that was freeze. my wild things moment that I wanted to add to that <laughs> dude, I was like was, we have to do a wild uh, things where you make them kiss bravo. yeah yeah good, that was incredible good, good reference so funny that, so that yeah. so that all right so then that uh from that then where does Mike and Dave uh get Come into your world. Mike and Dave was actually just a script I read cold that I really, really liked. And it was so funny to me. I I was actually working on another movie before Mike and Dave that Mm. it kind of fell apart at the last second. I was in Atlanta prepping it and the plug got pulled. And I came back to L.A. and I was like, man, I thought I was going to get to make this movie. And then, you know, my agents and managers were like, well, try to read these scripts. Let's get back on the horse. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I'm so bummed. All my energy was in this other thing. And so it took me a while to, like, start reading scripts. And, you know, I mean, you've read scripts. It's like some of these comedy scripts, like, if they're not – everyone has different opinions on comedy. So I can read a lot of stuff and be like, I don't think this is funny. Yeah, sure. And and with comedy, it's so subjective and there's a lot – and the timing is so important that if you're not – reading it the way oh, it's totally. supposed to be read shot whatever then you could you could oh, miss the I've joke re- and i've read stuff that i've gone yeah. this isn't i don't this isn't funny did i and then i'll see it get made and i'll go oh they had the idea to do it like that and they read it like that and that's mm-hmm. not how i was picturing it and that is funny and good thing i didn't do that yeah did, that was not my thing right and then mike and dave need wedding days i remember and by the way i feel like this is a fair reaction to have because i was like the title mike and dave need wedding days so i was like there's a real question mark here. That title can go either way. Yeah. Either I love it, it's awesome, or it's a little too simple, a little sure. too dumb. Yeah. Um, and then just started reading it, and I was like, oh, 
oh, these kind of jokes. Oh, this is mm-hmm. right up my alley. I was very into this. I was like, oh, this is actually funny. Yeah. Uh, that was like what I said to my manager. I was like, hey, this one's really funny. And he's like, I know. That's why I've been trying to get you to read it. And so at what point do you also get into that world where you are, is it after Seven Days in Hell or prior to that when you are at a place where scripts are coming in and, and you're at a position to go where they're like, yo, you're now in the directing world to be able to, if you want to do this, we can make it happen. I don't know how the business works, man. I really, do. I mean, uh, I, I know it's a loaded question. I show up, I eat a ham sandwich, and then uh, they... oh my god, I smile. I say, "Would you let me make this joke?" Sometimes they say yes. Sometimes they yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think like you can always try to read a script and do your pitch on it, but like the hard part is. So your agents managers can get you scripts. These are going around. These are looking for directors. Mm-hmm. And then you can read them. You can go like, oh, I'd like this one. Can I meet on this can one? I, yeah. And then it's whether you can get that meeting or not to kind of give your pitch. To yeah. You. Gotcha. And this one, you know, like I said, I, I had been attached to this other movie that the plug got pulled. It was a heartbreaker. So it was kind of like, oh, maybe this guy can direct. He was going to go direct this other thing. Right. So you had and, some clout from that. Yeah. And we're, and obviously working. Uh, With Zach at, already. At Zach. And I had a, you know, pretty. And, and SNL. This is like, oh, this is oh, a director from yeah. SNL. That goes a long way. It does. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Funnier Die, too, I'm sure. And Funnier Die, yeah. And, and some of the shorts I had made, you know, like, like a good Zach calling card. Zach Efron's pool party. Yeah. Yeah, Zach oh, Efron's Amazing. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> I mean, also, that, by the way, sidetrack, but that was the great thing about Funnier Die is just the access you had to people. Like, sure. I don't know another time I'll get to work with Academy Award winner Marion Cotillard and put fake boobs on her head and make a comedy <laughs> sketch about it. But like that's what funny that that was. It was access to get to work with really great stars yeah, who are yeah. super talented and super funny. And anywhere it's hard to get that. So that was great. And like I think that's where I also I got yeah. comfortable on set, comfortable talking to big comedians, big actors. Is because on Funny or Die we had to do it three times a week. You right. know what I mean? And on a good week. Yeah. Quick question um, about that. Uh, was there because you bring up Marilyn Marilyn Cotillard? I can't say her name. She's French. You don't know. Who she uh, is. Anyway, yeah, no, she's the she's she's bonkers eyes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, her eyes. Yeah. She made a movie called Bonkers Eyes. No, right? no, her no. I mean, she's beautiful, but her eyes are bonkers. Anyway. Uh, she, she was the she was the bad guy in Batman. I know who you're talking about. She was the what? She you're, was the bad guy in Batman. You're really hanging on by a thread yeah, here. I'm you barely saved it with hanging on a bad guy in Batman. I mean, yeah, that's who she is. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, but like, you don't expect her to be funny. Were there other actors that like really surprised you? Where you're like, oh man, this is not. These people are not. Yeah, like, so many, I mean, that's always the best funny. surprise. That was the best thing about her. She had literally just won an Oscar. Yeah, and she came into a meeting at Funnier Die. First of all. That's how cool she is. She took a meeting at a website called Funny or Die when she's that serious of an actress. Awesome. And she came in, she's like, I'm just, you know, I'm so sick of being so serious and I get all these drama roles and everyone wants me to be sad all the time and do this drama. She's like, I just want to do something crazy. And we were like, because we weren't even going to pitch Forehead to Taze. And we were like, oh, you want something crazy? And I pitched her the idea. Seth Morris wrote that, and he wasn't in the meeting. And I remember being like, if I see an opening, I'm going to pitch that for us to do with her. Right. And we pitched her forehead to taste. And she was like, yes, that's what I want to do. Oh, my God. And the only reason I to this day that I think she did it is because her publicist was late to the meeting. And I think her publicist would have shut that. Yeah, dude. So her publicist showed up at the end, and we were like, well, we have an idea. We're going to do it. She was like, what's the idea? We're like, it's called forehead tits. And her publicist was like, what? And Mary was like, it's wonderful. It's It's crazy. I want to do it and like it's called little, forehead tits. little little magic things like that can happen time you know, right? is everything right. and by the way it's like it's a joke about little boobs on a forehead but we kind of do it in a f- smarter yeah. way than it, i mean there's a much worse version of that yeah sure so there's a little trust that she's giving yes. us to do it but like i love that video i'm very proud of that yeah video. um it's a funny stupid little video but anyway i don't even remember how mike and dave so that. so then so then you're like you're, you're leafing through and you're like this so is great this, this is, is my great, world and do that so they see a real and um and you know i think uh 
I don't know. I, I feel like this business does work in a way where there can be like you can have a moment where whether you deserve it or not, you're like, this is the next guy like to either. This is the, someone who's going to get a chance to direct a movie. Uh, right. This is the next guy who deserves to star in a movie like Adam. It starts to run. Yeah, yeah. Adam. Exactly. And so I had kind of gotten a movie. We didn't get to make it. And it was kind of like I think maybe I was on a list of like, hey, this is a comedy director. Yeah. who Like mm-hmm. he, he should he's make a movie. He's going to be big. So well, he's going to yeah. get a chance. Yeah. So you got to tell that lie to try yeah. to get the job. Yeah. Um, right. But I went in. I met with the producers. Uh, Chernin produced it. I met with the. David Reddy yeah. and Jenna Topping and the guys over there. Who I know were Jenna Rule. She did the Heat. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. And um, Chernin is fantastic, by the, the man, way. Yeah. And um, and I just had a good meeting with them. And I said, I love the script, and you know, I see it like this, and I love these jokes, and I want to do this with it, and I think it should look like this and feel like this. And I, I, I guess it went well because then they were like, "All right, we like Jake. Let's have him go meet with Fox." So then I had to go do that meeting with Fox, where they mm-hmm. brought me into Fox. And Chernin basically said, "We want Jake for this. We like what he said. So let's go to Fox and talk to them." And then you got to go get approved by Fox. And then all of a sudden you're like, "All right, I'm attached to this movie." And then like that, you know, means nothing in this town until you actually make it. Right. Sure, you can be attached to so many things. And then we started trying to. I gave my notes on the script. I worked with the writers. We started working on that, and then we tried to get ta- uh, cast attached. And Zach was the first person I met with about that. And mm-hmm. um, he had read the script, and we had a meeting. And we were like, he was like, wait a minute, I know you. We yeah. Well, how do we know? I was like, yeah, we, years ago we did the silly little short. And it's like I had done this funnier die short with him called Zach Efron's pool yes. party, and it's a very again guerrilla style holding sure. camera. Dude, so funny though. Thomas Lennon Thomas and Nicole Sullivan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but I was like, you know, I guess I technically don't know if Zach likes that video, if he hates that video. I maybe I shouldn't mention right. that video, but he was like. Oh, yeah, I remember. I mean, this was like, we had done it like six, seven years before. You know, yeah, he's really young. early on. And he was like, oh, dude, I love that video. He goes, I made that video, and that was like, um, people thought that video was cool. That was like one of the first times people were like, oh, hey, man, that video was really cool. Like, it was like, the high school musical kid. Yeah. 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 He was, and I could tell right then, I was like, oh, he's, he's going to be in. Yeah. yeah and, and by the way, we had a great talk, and Zach is one of the best guys, and he and I get along really, really well, and mm-hmm. I love him a lot. And, and so we had a great talk about the, the movie and the idea for it and the brother relationships, and he was, he was into it. And so we got Zach, and then um, I think we got Anna next, and then we got Adam, and yeah. then we got Aubrey, and uh, it just like kind of all came together with four awesome leads. And then... Because, you know, you're also dealing with it like, hey, we're starting to cast it. So, Fox, will you make this movie with these people? And you know what right. I mean? And then they're like, okay, yes, we'll make that So movie. once you decide, once you meet with everybody and go, this is who I want, then you have to present that. Yes. And yeah. kind of say, like, here's who we're meeting with. Here's, okay, I'm the director. And here's who I want in it. And do you approve yeah. that? And I mean, I, it is not. I, the, there's a cliche about it is so hard to get a movie made. And I have learned how true that is because it can fall apart at any moment. Because yeah. I can get the job i can be attached as a director and then it can fall apart because we never get anyone attached sure i we can get people attached and then it can fall apart because of budget or fall apart because the script or, doesn't come together or, or they want to bring in their own director oh, be like yeah. uh, i won't i won't work with that guy i'll work with that guy a cast schedule can yeah. change and all of a sudden they're not available for a week and that's the week you have production set up and then all of a sudden that throws like literally someone deciding like i need to go to a wedding this weekend can shut a whole movie down like it's that delicate oh my you know God. what i mean so the whole idea that you know a good producer will do is just keep the train rolling keep the wheels rolling and like it's like okay we need to do another pass on the script to get everyone approved okay but you're not going to stop everything and just do a pass on the script you do that while you're doing 10 other things because you just got to keep that train moving and that's not what i do really you know Mm -hmm. that's what a producer does but i've you know churning is a group of very good producers and uh they kept that train moving and 
I read the script at the end of 2014 and we were shooting by May 2015 and that's insanely fast that's for everything to come together yeah and now it's coming out you know uh, July 8th 2016 and it's like in Hollywood time I think that's very fast I've very been told fast. it's very fast yeah yeah um, and so the, and I got very lucky this yeah. whole the, the this whole time because this is your first major motion picture is, is it daunting is it scary or as your time at fun your die SNL like you're kind of like, do you did you feel like yes, I'm ready for this and I could do this, or was it like, oh my god, I can't believe they're giving me the keys to this car? Both, everything, all of the above. Wow. I okay. mean, yeah, it's like it's like yeah, I want to do this, I can do this, and mm-hmm. I have ideas I I know can work in this. And then at the same time, you're doing it on a level that you've never done it before, yeah. and it is different. Like when you're on a big budget movie, the amount of people that work there and the process that you go through and the politics of the studio and the way the unions work with how you can do this, like. You've never worked in that way before, so you do sure. have to figure out. How you were to doing guerrilla style shots at Funny or Die, and now yeah. you have a budget to do. Oh yeah, ATV we'd, we'd stunts. be on set where we had like forty five <laughs> minutes left in our day, and I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, cool, let's go grab these two shots." And people would be like, "No, we're just going to cut early because we can never get another shot." And I'd be like, "What are you talking about? We got forty five minutes. Let's get another shot." And they're yeah. like, "That'll never happen. Like, they, we got to take this. We got to move that truck. These guys have to pack up. They're going to do that." Da-da. And like, I was like, "Oh man, I'm not used to this world." You know what Whoa, I mean? So yeah. like. There, it's You're like, just bring the camera over here and shoot it. Yeah, I was like, literally like, why no. don't we grab the camera, right. we have the light, and let's just go shoot it. Like, There's someone will make us a sandwich. You know yeah. what I mean? And by the way, everyone's doing a really good job at yes. doing what they do, yeah. and it's right. just getting used to everyone working together. So many so, more pieces, right? So many more pieces to that puzzle. So yeah. there's definitely absolutely nervousness in getting used to that and making sure I'm doing enough work and preparation mm-hmm. for that. And How involved were you with the uh, – I remember being on tour with Adam at that yeah. point, and he had screen tested, I think, <laughs> and then we're – you know, every night he's like – waiting to hear and he'd you know, walk out take phone calls and saying like oh it's yeah. between I think him and like Baronholtz maybe right yeah but the, the I can screen tested as well okay. uh, both were both were great yeah and, yeah and it was like yeah we had to do screen tests because yeah and by the way that wasn't about like who's the funniest set it up but of course. Like, it was so important to me like this is about brothers like who's got the best chemistry yes. right. with Zach like let's let's see that together yeah. you know what mm-hmm. I mean I remember Adam too then made a video one night we were in DC of you know these 2500 seat theaters and he did a video with the whole crowd in the background chanting, chanting Mike. Mike and Dave yeah. Yeah. oh my and god I'm that sure was the that, best video to get right and it was like I don't know what I mean just seeing that he, he had, had this just, he had just screen tested he really wanted the role of Mike we hadn't got back to him yet and this was like the day or two after or something like that yeah. and he was on tour and he made the whole crowd chant Mike and Dave <laughs> Mike and Dave and he recorded it and he's in the mic going I'm gonna be Mike yeah. I can feel it will yeah. you help me and yeah. they were going nuts and he sent that to us and we were like this is fucking awesome. And yeah. by the way, it's like... It gave me chills watching it, man, because I was like, oh, I feel... Like, in that moment, I was like, oh, they, there's no way they can say no to that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, well, and by the way, you know what the coolest part about that was? Was it was like, oh, he really wants it. Yeah. Like, he, yeah, he is committed to that. Like, we already knew he was hilarious and we he was going to get the yeah, part. Yeah, at that point, that ability's stuff. not an issue, right? Yeah, yeah. But it was just like, oh, man, he is... He will put his all into this. Yeah. And that was like, by, by the way, what I was doing. And it's yeah. so cool to be like well we i know we'll have a i'll have a partner going in 100 percent. yeah yes. and you know someone I mean? who's going to be thrilled to it not not just like all right so i'll knock this movie out right before i do this yeah, other project yeah, yeah. like someone who's actually passionate about it and uh adam and i have seen the movie uh and we went to the ucla uh yeah, campus yeah. One. oh that's where we saw you there yeah we both I, I remember we both walked out of that going all right adam divine is going to be a star now oh yeah absolutely like, this is we see that movie as i mean granted Zach is obviously amazingly talented, and he's been doing. And he's already a star. Like, yes. and he's al- al- 
radio star. Adam's very successful and very famous, but we saw that movie. We're like, okay, this is the Adam Devine coming out party. I'm a movie star. I'm a comedy head. And you know what? He doesn't get, but like that doesn't that uh, you know perspective doesn't isn't formed unless the whole movie like delivers. Right. And it was like. Dude, we like laughed out loud so many times. I oh, we are in comedy so hard, and like just that it you know unfortunately it's a blessing and a curse. And Brad can attest. You get yeah. so overly critical when you see. I'm sure you're the same way. Oh, same way. And when I was able to sit back and like enjoy it and like not have it like I I didn't have any sort of like critical. I was just able to sit back and enjoy. It. And dude, I was like. Man, it's so tough to make a, a comedy these days, and it was like one of the best comedies I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. thanks, man. So, thanks. and I have no doubt in my mind that people are going to feel the same way. I, it's Dude. so exciting. Yeah. Well, honestly, that's been the coolest part about this is doing those screenings, like co- a couple college screenings that we did, mm-hmm. and they're doing some free screenings across the country right now yeah. to let people see it and get the word of mouth out. And it's so fun for me watching it with an audience. It's the best thing. Like, because I miss, I mean, that's what you guys have. You get up and do stand up, you get that Instant feedback, feedback from the audience. Yeah. I'm trapped in an edit room for six months trying to put this together, going, like, oh, do we pick that joke? Do we pick this joke? Hopefully it works. I love sitting down and watching it with an audience. And we've been so lucky, but we've been doing these, these, this free screening tour, right, all across the country. Mm-hmm. And we just got, I just got the report yesterday. And, the feedback from people out of these screenings is 99% positive. It's crazy. Wow, it's like, insane. it's something insanely high that like, and I for a comedy fo- for fo- that Fox has had, like, right. I think I, it's like so gratifying to like, you know, I love the movie. I love the actors in it. I think everyone did such a good job. And I think we genuinely surprise people with yeah. it. And like, yeah. get some surprising last night there. We have some big funny scenes and like, Kumail scene is one of the Kumail. greatest scenes oh. in a comedy movie Every, ever. Everyone's going to be talking about it. For, and, for yeah, a, and that's, I mean, we can't talk about no, it because then we'll spoil it. You know who Kumail Nanjiani is. Yes, that guy, when he, his scene, unbelievable. Just it's so funny. So, he plays a spa masseuse and has one of the greatest, I mean, it's <laughs> just, people, how fun more was people that coming out talking about that scene than almost any other How scene. fun was that to cut? It was. I mean, we had a version of it that was like three times longer. Of course, you did. Of course. And I, we guess what? So much I would have so loved fun. it. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Oh, I, I remember we showed some people like a five-minute version of that scene, and they were like, "I mean, what do you cut?" <laughs> wow. They were like, "I mean, it's a classic. What are you gonna do?" I mean, and that scene is now like thirty-four seconds long. Yeah. And literally, yeah. there was like five minutes of it that was just so fun. But kind of. Gr- I mean, and almost. It's. I guess it is sometimes like less is more thing, right? Like yeah, you do. Yeah. You see. I mean, Leave it's one a little so, more. Yeah. So much punch in that that you're like, I mean, oh, I could have. Watch. Yeah. yeah, it's funny, but you shouldn't be able to go out, have a bathroom break, grab a little more goobers, and then come back yeah, and, and, the still still, and the scene's still going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but now, and, and Sam was great. Uh, Richardson, oh, he Sam was, Richard, he was here before he yeah. went out. And, Our, like, uh, quote unquote secondary cast is unbelievable. Like, Mary Holland, Sam yep. Richardson, Sugarland Beard, yeah, mm-hmm. plays Jeannie, the sister, is like a killer. In and this. uh, and and um, uh, Alice, which Alice you know, and I, it was so funny because you know, I put myself on tape with Adam. I don't know if you ever saw that yeah. tape, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, to play um, uh, a the, role that disappeared, it turned into a female yeah. role, mm-hmm. and it was so funny because I remember putting it on tape. We were in Vancouver. Oh, was that uh, the cousin role, the sister role? Yeah. What? The cousin yeah, 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 okay. And I remember putting on tape and being like, all right, well, I can't have a better chance to get it if I have the star of the movie in this. And it was also like, the way the part was, I was like, all right, this is very much up my alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then when they were like, oh, we're rewriting it for, you know, that's going to be a girl. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I can't do anything about that. And then I see it and I'm like, should have, like, way, it should be that. Like, right, she right, crushed right. it. It was way funnier. There was more... To I feel like you haven't seen it before with it being a woman totally, in that role. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and 
I remember walking out with you and you were saying that. And that's like, okay, the fact that Adam was up for the role, it got switched to a, a female. He saw the part and then goes, yeah, that's better. For people to get an idea of what that is, that's like you see your ex, who you love, with someone else. You go, you know what? They deserve each other more. She's happier. Like, <laughs> she's happier. Like, that doesn't happen. That is. That's yeah. rare. That's yeah. rare. Well, I'm that's, that's actually the highest compliment I could get. Oh, good. Actually. That's, yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that being said, you know, just that wasn't the right part. But the next movie. That's, you know. <laughs> and just the fact that uh, this cast is... It's weird saying they're young when I know some of them are in their like mid thirties, but comedy wise, like yeah. there really isn't like that elder statesman role of like that person that's on set that can be like, okay, this is how you do a comedy movie. Like it's a lot of kids having fun. Yeah, well, it was you know, I mean, I obviously again, I'm a comedy nerd. I'm from yeah. the comedy world. Yeah. I like comedians. I want to work with comedy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't. It's not. It's never as fun trying to make someone who's not really funny try to try to get them to funny yeah. on set. And luckily, I never had that problem. Amen. You know what I mean? Everyone in our cast is funny. Sure. It'd be hilarious. And I would work with all of them again, but that was so fun for me to catch. Oh God. And I mean, in Hawaii. For... And they make me, you know, and then I'm yeah. laughing all day. Like, I'm also a big believer. Like I came up because of funny or die. I got really lucky. I got to, you know, shadow Adam McKay as he made some of his movies. Come with Will on. And see him make stepbrothers and see him make the other guys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, McKay is like the best mentor in the world. To he have. would go to set and, Oh yeah, 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 and hang out. And How was, was the stepbrothers' experience? Oh, so fun. I mean, it was. I mean, that was like I couldn't believe it. I like literally, I was making videos in my apartment. I got hired to work at Funny or Die. They start production on a movie named Stepbrothers. I get to go down and visit set. He threw me in the movie for a line. He was like, "Hey, we need someone to do this. You want to come in?" Like McKay is the coolest, smartest, chillest. What did you take from him in guy. your? Um, what did you take that you learned from McKay that you brought to uh, Mike and Dave when you went? Oh, nights? everything. I'm just just not as good of a version as he can do it. <laughs> You're just doing it out of McKay impression. I mean, literally, Funny or Die, in the early days, Adam and Will and Chris were there all the time because we were in their office. And they weren't like before they were making a movie, they were just around and they were working on their new website that they started. Mm -hmm. And I really consider those early days and then getting to see McKay make Step Brothers and and the other guys like kind of my second film school. Like I went to film school and then seeing how those guys made comedies. I was like, oh, this is how you do it. Like, the way that they use improvisation on set, but you always get what's on the script, and it's doing... I mean, anyone can kind of say a bunch of crazy lines, but doing improv, McKay is so smart about it, and he does it in a way where you can actually use all the takes. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually a slightly different skill. Like, a lot of people can be like, let's try some crazy stuff, but to do it in a way where you're thinking about how the scene cuts together and know yeah but let's get this intro and okay we did these improvs so I need to get a slightly different take of this over here like because you want to have all the options in the edit room like seeing Mm -hmm. that way to construct something I was like oh that's the way to try to do it and they always have fun on set it's always a fun set and I was like oh this is the way to make a comedy if you're having a good time on set it shows up in the movie like you don't want to be having a miserable time and screaming with a producer you don't like and right. no one, and the writer's an asshole and da-da-da and then like try to go be funny and make a comedy that it way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, the, you, same, you, the, the, the same way uh, I don't want uh, a waitress at the comedy club to come back and yell at me for going too long the yeah. first show and then I like messed up her tip situation and now all of a sudden now no. I gotta go be funny. I'm a big believer in like you want everyone on that set to get a, it's a no asshole policy. That's yeah. what I learned from McKay. You have a no asshole policy on Just set. Just much like and, my sex life. Yes. <laughs> 
No asshole policy. Wow. Maybe very, that's what he meant. Very strict. Uh, yeah, very strict. <laughs> and, and by the way, I think that goes from from catering all on up to the cast. Yeah. You know what I mean? And by the way, and that's the other thing, McKay is so smart. He could do it all himself a million times over. And at the same time, he's so gracious. And like, if, craft, if the crafty guy has a joke that's good, let's try that joke. It's what? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, I he doesn't just ask him. He has the crafty guy has shown that he's kind of funny, maybe up until that point. No, I mean, I just think he's like when they're they're in the mo- I mean, when I showed up at Funny or Die, when he they hired me at Funny or Die, I think like one of the first days there, they were like, "Hey man, yeah, we want to try to make these videos. We're working on this. Um, here's a script called Step Brothers. We're gonna try to make this movie. If you got any joke ideas, let us know." And I was like, what are you? I'm a 25-year-old idiot. What are you asking me for? But, like, that's the kind of thing of, like, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. You know what I mean? And, like, McKay and Will don't need other people to tell them their jokes. Like, they're they're the best. Having that open mind and very collaborative. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, they came from SNL. McKay was head writer there. And I think it's, you know, that's a team effort type thing. And and he knows how to lead a group that way. Do you think being a great director then, I mean, you have to, like, you were saying McKay being able to have the foresight to, like, in the moment, just see and envision so much stuff. You have to be able to have that uh, compartmentalized. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how he does. I mean, also, like, I got to see him. I stopped by for a day when they were doing Anchorman 2. Oh, my God. And I was God. like, I got to stop by because this yeah. is, like, history in the oh making. Oh, my God. And McKay's, you know, on the microphone yelling out lines for people. And he's yelling out lines for Will, for Steve Carell, for Paul Rudd, for Kackner. Dave Kackner, mm-hmm. and he's perfectly in voice of each of those characters, just going from one to the next. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not just a joke that any one of them can say. Everyone's a joke that's perfect for that character. You know what I mean? And you've got, I mean, those guys are comedic geniuses in that movie and you see them coming out and they're like, I've worked on a couple joke ideas of my own here and uh, they're all great. And then McKay will just kind of suggest a couple things and it's like, God damn McKay. He just (laughs) improvised something and it's better than what I was working on for an hour. You Uh, know what I mean? Like he's, he's the best. Now, do you see a guy like McKay who moved into drama and doing the big short? Do you see that? And is that something that you would eventually want to do? Or are you kind of like, I'm going to stick to comedy for a while? Oh, I don't, I mean, I'm not interested in doing comedy just to do it, but Mm -hmm. I mean, if you know McKay, you know that like that's, he's interested in that stuff. Like he was, he was following and talking about the financial crisis. Like I, I I don't think the, the, the lesson there is if you do comedy, do try to do drama just to do it. But it's like, I think the lesson there is like, Oh, always follow your interests. Like what you're interested in is when, what you're passionate about to make stuff about that. And so I have a, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I went to film school. Like I, I studied a lot of different kinds of stuff. Like I actually worked a little in the documentary world too. Like I always have like I'm like, oh I kinda wanna just go off and do a documentary and well, do that kind of stuff. probably why you made such a good fake one. Yeah. Seven Days in Hell was actually <laughs> very gratifying for me because I've I've been I have so many documentary ideas I want to follow and never have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like getting to make a fake one was fun. So I, I have some stuff like that, but I think it's like I wanna I've been so lucky to be able to work on stuff that I enjoy working on with people I enjoy working with. Yeah. So right now I'm just kind of like, well, that, I just want to keep that going. And I don't really care if it's a big movie, a small movie, a documentary. It's more like, well, if I can keep doing what I like doing with people I like doing it with, that's I'm living the dream. You mentioned getting to do that with Dana. Uh, is there somebody that else is like on the list? Even though, like again, like if 
but like there's besides, we all have like besides Brad Williams. <laughs> I mean, that's just like how every comic has to say Carlin Pryor is an influence. Like for me, <laughs> I, Brad I, you know, want to get to a point to where you know Tom, I'm opposite Tom Hanks in something because right. that would just Hanks is the best. Come yeah. on, and it's like Gump's like one of my favorite, and Jim Carrey, like Dumb and Dumber is my favorite movie of all time. It's the best. Uh, but also Will, but like you know, there's just guys. So like I'm sure you have. I don't want to jinx it, guys. No, I mean, right. by the way, right. Will, it's like, Will, I've gotten to shoot a lot with him and have fun with him and shoot sketches and those Durango commercials I did with him. Yeah. And like, that, those are all fun, but like, oh my God, I'd love to make a movie with him. That's yeah. like the best thing in the world because he's the nicest, best, funniest guy. That's wow. so awesome. You know what I mean? Too. Like, when so Mike sure. and Dave need wedding dates, goes and uh, is a hit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm there sure. you go. If, if, if a studio will let me make another movie, I will, I will try <laughs> I to I can't that. see why they wouldn't, man. It was fucking incredible. Well, honestly, it means a lot, like, the other thing is like coming from a comedy world, like you guys yeah. are saying, like you're harder on comedy. Yeah. So we it's it's weird to say because we had so many jokes in the movie, but I come out of that going like, oh, man, I hope it's funny. Is it funny? Is it? Because it's like, am I? You see it a thousand times. It stops being funny to you. Sure. And the fact that uh, an audience of people who aren't in the business can watch it and love it, but that I can show it to comedians too and still get laughs yep. there, like yeah. that means a lot to me that you guys. That, like oh it. god, the yeah. The Camille scene killed me. Yeah. The, uh, the 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 crying scene. Oh yeah, that was fun. It's just there's a story. Crying scene, yeah, it was unbelievable. And by the way, that's a classic example of the earliest note was cut the crying, cut the crying, get rid of the crying. Let's keep it emotional. Get rid of the crying. And I'm like, no, I know. Like, look, I know I just showed you a nine minute version of that scene, and there's too much crying. I I agree with that, but. I really believe there's a version of this that we can do the emotion yeah. and have a crying joke in it. Yes. And then I can give both. And yes. So, like, I remember that was ones that for a long time the, the note was cut the crying. No, from who now? Crying. From, I mean, everybody. I mean, I think the producers. studio wanted to see it, the producers. I think my editors were like, let's try You know what I mean? And I'm like, I know this is crazy, but let's keep the crying. And, and then it was just finding the right version of crying where we're right. like, we can do the emotion in that scene, but I want to be able to make people laugh. Still make in the it be funny. It. You got both. Because there's also a lot of comedies now. That they just kind of like, you know, every third scene, it stops being a comedy and it gets really serious. Yeah, and right. I was like, oh, my goal is to have a couple of those scenes where you do the story and you get serious, but you still get a joke or two in yes, there. And yes. to not sell out the other one. You're not, the joke doesn't ruin the emotion in it, and the emotion doesn't ruin the joke. It's a hard in it. balance you can to do. Try to do that. And I feel like we did that a couple times. In totally this movie, did. So. Definitely in the crying scene. And see, I don't see why you have to take the joke out because those are some of the most powerful jokes because that those are the ones you're not expecting. And they hit when, harder. Yeah, when, yeah when, when you're wound up so tight in the emotion of the scene, then when you let it go and release it with a joke, it's going to be so much more powerful. I totally agree. And uh, yeah, like uh, uh, Zach Efron and Adam Devine were both on Conan recently. Uh, last night I was yeah, there. But they were great. Last night. Oh, they talked about the crying scene. Yeah, it was and awesome. they talked about it and they said like, they, they, they said on Conan, right, they initially tried to play it for real, but then like, they found out that they both cry so ridiculous that they're so, like, "Oh, so we have to we have to make this comedy." Yeah, <laughs> yes. Because like when they would do crying, it, it wasn't like Daniel Day Lewis crying right. like that. It was just big. <laughs> yeah, just yes. also you mentioned the story, like the story being so strong was just like very imperative, and like because it was like I was invested from the get go, and then it was just like so everything made sense in context, and even like you know them meeting with. Um, uh, uh, girls like was like all yeah, and then yeah. the way they met it was just like uh, and Zach and Adam's chemistry too like I don't, like you charts. said off the charts it's it's like an, a younger I updated I know they're not brothers I believe they're brothers <laughs> dude it's like a very it's like a spade Farley everyone's such a great straight man to Adam's uh, shenanigans and he can still be hilarious too totally. like, he, does, he can do both totally that, that that's which he does in the crying scene. About <laughs> Zach. yeah he's so funny 
but he can he can play a scene so real that the stakes get raised, and then he can make a joke and let other people make a joke that makes it so much funnier. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would. Lo- I mean, look, I love. I feel like I lucked out with that cast. Like I got the best cast in the world. I'd work with all of them again. I want to make a million movies with those guys. I'd make anything with Adam. Should. I want to go make comedies with him. I, yeah. wanna, I mean, yeah. they're the best. Anna, Aubrey, Zach. I want to. If I could only make movies with them for the rest of the movies I make, I that's would a win. Not, I would not be upset. Hell yeah. yeah. Awesome, well, man. well, and if there is a sequel. Let's maybe put some feelers out to Robin Yount to see if he can play. <laughs> maybe he can play Marin's boss at the bar. Yeah, yes. they, yeah. Have, they have du- they can have dueling mustaches. Hey, you're gonna keep talking to these liquor salesmen, or you're gonna open up Younties? <laughs> Done. Younties. We're in. It, like right, like right now, if you came to me and said like, "All right, it's down between you and Robin Yount," I'd be like, "Well, you gotta go with Yount." I mean, I, I of and course you didn't I even know who he was before today. Yeah, no, and now and now the now the legend of Robin Yount has grown on me so much. <laughs> He's comedy royalty in my eyes. Um, so July eighth, July eighth, everywhere, everywhere. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. It's uh, look. I'm just like I've been working on it so long for this point. I'm just excited for people to see it. Right? Sure. I'm just like all I want is for it to be out there. And if you want to go buy a ticket, and I truly believe I'm not just saying this. It is a fantastic theater experience. The way to watch it is surrounded absolutely by a bunch of other people, absolutely. and the laughter is contagious. And there's screams, there's shocks. Like it's a really fun crowd experience. I love that point you're making because people can sleep on going to the theater to see like comedies yeah. because they're like, oh, I can watch it on my home or on my laptop. Fuck, no. Avatar is what I should see in the theater. No, man. Like what you just said, you need that collective seeing a comedy in the theater when there's people. When I saw MacGruber Superstone at a midnight screening, oh, yeah. and there was a lot of people there. I'm sure I was me being high had something to do with it, but the collective everyone laughing it was such an a uh, visceral experience to be with strangers all yeah. loving something together and sure. you have so many big laugh out loud moments and uh, well just think of a stand up comedy com- club yeah. yes. just think of a comedy club show like do you want to go to the Sunday night show that has uh, you know seventeen people in it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Please come to the Sunday night show. But, uh, but like, or do you want to go to the Saturday 10 yeah. p.m. show that's yeah. just rowdy and crazy and the jokes and just hit that much harder? it's a different experience. It absolutely is. And that's, so, I yeah, really believe we have theater. that in that movie. Like, it's a crowd experience if you can get to it. To Hell yes. The theater, yeah. Badass, man. Uh, well, thanks for doing your, whole, I think, first podcast. Thanks for popping my podcast cherry. <laughs> this guys. was amazing. No problem. I'm Wait, glad you made time. Was it okay? Like, I know when you pop a cherry, you, you kind of have to go easy, but I don't know. we kind of went for a long time. I'm probably so. going to have some regrets later. <laughs> right right now, I think we're in love. <laughs> uh, July 8th, Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Go see it. Thanks, guys. I'm talking to you, Yount. <laughs> Robin Yount, if you see this movie, call me. What if he tweets You don't you even have to like it. Like he's on Twitter. There's no way he's on Twitter. Oh, God. All right, he's well, getting we'll his mustache trained. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. 
Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessamay Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.